welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode 112 um, As always, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube iTunes, if you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review Check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify also, Google Play. Um, hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. With that being said, I'm joined with the Antakul. And we also have Joey who recovered from death uh, from the last podcast. So he's here to help us break down the 80,000 fights that happened from... What was that like Thursday night all the way up until now? Um, how, how how's everybody doing? Uh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I survived, but I kind of wish I didn't. Yeah, but basically, yeah. So, so none of us are awake. No, I'm awake. I'm just not. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mad. I'm fired We're up. We got all this MMA to talk about. Bro. We got things going on. I'm I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie. I'm definitely. I did a lot of adulting, like this last week. But it was some of it was good. I lowered my car insurance. That was that was hey. so that was a good piece of adulting. That was more exciting than like ninety percent of the fights. <laughs> How dare you? Ah oh, man. Well, you know what? Real quick before we get started and do news and notes, because Joey was not here last time, um, I have to ask you. Um, I know it's I know it's old. It already happened, but uh. I just Ch- Chuck on, and Tito, hold man. Hold on, time out. I just want to point out we did like 35 minutes of prep work, and Chuck versus Tito was never mentioned. Like I was going to be asked for my opinion <laughs> on this. This is this is gorilla. This is like gorilla broadcasting. You just drop somebody in. I I like to point out that before Mike joined the call, we did talk about Tito Chuck. Yeah, well, he was he's not here. I know. He was not here. He was he was he delegated that to us. We already discussed. Uh, Chuck and Tito. Hmm. Um, what necessarily do you want me to say? Uh, just, just yeah, you don't got to spend a lot of time. Just quick, quick thoughts. Quick. Uh, I mean, thoughts, like, concerns. I just like. Um, did people forget that like Tito was really competitive with actual still competing mixed martial artists like as of two years ago? Like he, last year he he beat Chael Sonnen, who was in the Bellator heavyweight finals or semifinals. Like, what happened was gonna happen. I don't know what people were expecting to happen. And uh, it was sad. You know, it was really sad. And I haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. Like, I have no interest in seeing it. I, From what I've heard, it, I don't need to see it. I saw a gif of the finish, nah, have, and that's yeah. it. No, you need to so, watch. You need to suffer. Like the rest of I the mean, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I was telling Anacle, I most what I was most hurt by was afterwards Chuck Liddell was asked, like, why? And, and he was just like, I'm, he's like oh, something to the equivalent of I'm trying to find my place in life. And like that hurts. Also, did you did you see the video he put out the other Which day? Which one now? He he put out 
because that was pretty much what he said. He did like he just did like a regular like I guess it was like a Twitter video of just him like talking to the camera, thanking his fans, and that was pretty much like what he was saying. Like this, he did this fight kind of like that. Like I'm just trying to find my purpose and like, dude, you got like three kids. Yeah, like you know, and and, and you're fifty. You should have an like an, an idea of what your identity is. I, I guess for him it was like. And I'm paraphrasing because I only watched the video like one time, but he he was saying like you know like martial arts has basically been like his entire life, so I I guess it's just one of those things where it's like if you don't have that, it's you know, you I, I guess maybe just kind of you're just kind of floating around, is you're trying to find something to stick to, and competition just it's not feasible right now. But he's like trying to hold on to it for dear life. But like you said, he had no regrets, so on and so forth. You know that. That's right. And, and and one last thought, I guess. Kudos to John Hackleman for taking a stand, not being involved in it. Um, you know, I, I think that that's we've seen guys, major gyms, drag dudes along because they want to, you know, partially because they still believe in them, but partially because they still want to get paid by them. So kudos to him for being a, a friend, I guess, and staying away. Uh, I hope Chuck finds something else to do. Um, I hope, I hope we never see anything like this again, but I'm smart enough to know we will see something like this again. BJ Penn just signed a yeah. four-fight deal. There's about to sign a yeah. four-fight deal. So. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get drugged through the mud again. And, like, I hope that they're, the audience is the ultimate decider, and I hope that the audience decides that this is not what they want to see. This is not what they want MMA to be, because I, it's not what I want it to be. You know, and, and I, I know that I tend to be a grumpy, sometimes prickly person, but I also like to believe that we can do better. I think that it's fair to to look at everything that happened with this fight, from the promoter not knowing the names of the talent to the talent, you know, guys on pay-per-view main cards earning scant figures to, um, you know, which is still a pro- which is a, which is an industry-wide problem. A UFC, Bellator, one, whatever organization you want to pick, that's their issue. Like, that's a problem, and I, I don't want to see old fighters like this being put in positions where they're in great harm. Specifically Chuck. A guy like Chuck Liddell, you know, guys like Vanderlei Silva. Like, I don't want to see Vanderlei Silva fight anymore. We have to, like, at some point have serious discussions about whether it's worth it anymore. Whether it's worth it for promoters to milk these last remnants. And I know it's combat sports. And I know at the same time we could look at Israel Adesanya and Anderson Silva and maybe make the same argument, although I don't think Silva's suffered the wear and tear that a guy like Chuck has. Uh, at some point, I just hope we get over this, like we, we, we curtail this. Because as consumers, we're the ones who can stop it. Because promoters are going to do it if they're going to make money. Yeah. Not to say that, not to go on a whole other ta- side tangent, because this could be a whole other discussion. But I feel like in like other sports that aren't combat sports, like they're quicker to get the old guys out of there. Like, but but then it's kind of different because it's more of a team thing. Like if you're in the NFL and you're running back and you're like 36, n- nobody's calling your phone next season. Like it's it's kind of one of those rude things where it's like you had a job this year and then they just kind of yeah you know they just let you go out. The yeah, and, and like but you, it, you could argue that some teams are too quick. Like I've heard like there are some teams in the NFL who 27 is the cutoff age for a running back. If you're 27, you're they're done with you. So it's it's pretty like you can argue that it's too one-sided that there's too much of an emphasis on younger and cheaper talent, uh, whereas MMA like a dude like Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz can headline events, where 
Daniel Cormier is going to be what, 41? He's going to headline an event. So I, I don't know. Like it, it left me feeling more upset at us, the fans, because a lot of us should have known better. Um, and, and I was kind of upset at the media who like, if you promoted this fight in any way, shape or form, you can't afterwards be like, that's just so sad. Like, cause I saw some people were like, what a sad display. And it's like, dudes, you guys kind of helped put this together and build this along. Like you could say like, I'm not covering it. I like whatever you can make your, if you can make a stand on a UFC event that's headlined by small people. Cause I've seen dudes do that. You know, like, oh, that's the flyweights are headlining. I'm not buying that. You should have made a stand here too. Because there was like there was legitimate long term harm at effect here. So, and well, the one, well, I was gonna say the one the one good thing I'll say for Chuck, which I think <laughs> and Taco mentioned this on the one of the last times we had talked about this fight, is re, is a really random just thing I noticed like while he was talking. Chuck Liddell was like the most coherent person that entire weekend. He may that had to do with that card. He, like, he may have been. I, I, he, all right, I, I can't say about Tito, but if it's Chuck versus Oscar, I'm going to bet that the more sober one was probably Chuck. So, Yeah, like the, the video I watched that he put out, like he sounded coherent. It didn't sound like he was off his rocker. Like he was very clear and concise about what he was talking about. I was like, so he's still, you know, well, physically, obviously, he's not really, you know, there anymore, but. I feel like he's aware. He knows what's going on. No, like, he's more it's coherent just... now than I think was he was in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's very aware of what's going on, but I think he just he's just in that weird... He's in that sad life place that you kind of don't want to see any athlete in, as to where, like, when they can't compete at the high, the highest level anymore, a lot of them go to... or They can end up in dark it's places. It's like he's in they, a midlife can... crisis with concussive damage being mixed into the midlife crisis because because like a dude who has a midlife crisis from what i understand i'm not there yet i'll get there soon um like they they buy cars or they like you know they try to reinvent themselves as younger and chuck's midlife crisis is trying to recapture maybe he didn't even want to recapture his former glory i think he was realistic enough to know like look i can't compete with this guy this guy this guy this guy but like at the same time he was like calling out john jones and so i don't he said he wanted to fight Rampage. Immediately right? after after losing the fight, he says, I can still fight at a high level. Yeah, so now it's so like, maybe it is a midlife crisis where you just... And the weird thing is, like, apparently he was offered, like, a brand ambassador position with Bellator. They were interested in him for the role, and he wound up fighting again, so... Yeah. Like, and, and who... And one thing Dana did say that I do agree with is, who from the Athletic Commission, like, did they go and watch him spar... Did they watch him spar? Did uh, they know what they were looking at? I'm I'm convinced somebody gave them a double I bag, see. and yeah, they said just look. That's where the PFL money went. That's where the PFL million dollars <laughs> yeah, went. Exactly, and, and that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Like, I'm not sure if it's the same way. It, like the the athletic commission in California is set up the same way it's set up in like Nevada, but maybe the organization in charge of like, you know, regulatory stuff. Like, okay, is this fighter healthy enough to actually compete shouldn't also be in charge of, you know, drawing in sports revenue for the state. Right. I can agree. Uh, Because at the end of the day, this card um, sold, like, what? It didn't, uh, what, like $750,000? $700,000 gate 
like seven sixty when they took taxes away. It was like six ninety. Like that. That's that's money for the state of California. Six hundred ninety thousand. Six hundred ninety thousand paid uh, for five thousand people, which means that somebody somebody out there spent over one hundred fifty dollars on a on a ticket for this fucking thing. I can believe it. That person's got that person's got way too much money. You think it was the guy uh, who was uh, in the crowd with his dog? Because there was just a guy in the crowd with his dog. Ah, uh, that was a thing. I didn't remember. I didn't see any of it. So I could, I can't tell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. There was a random guy with a dog. Maybe he had to pay two. <laughs> maybe it was the dude maybe, from maybe Alaska dog. Fighting Championship who worked with the like the local ASPCA and brought the dog into the cage. Uh uh-huh. So maybe he took the trip. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll end it with this. And I, I don't know if the UFC does this, so I, I could just be talking out of my neck. I don't know. Um, but I had heard something about in the NBA, because um, I want to say Elton Brand has, like, a front office position in Philly somewhere. I can't remember. I might be thinking of another team. No, he does But anywho. Yeah. So, like, I would heard that he got that job because Philly, like, that organization has things in place to where when you retire from playing... Like, they have, I guess, like, programs or just things you can get into to keep you active, like, in basketball, but obviously, you know, just not playing. Like, we can teach you how to be a front office person or a coach or, you know, something like that to keep you involved in the sport. Uh, I think MMA, combat sports in general just kind of need that. Like, there needs to be something or... Some kind of structure where these guys can, can go. I don't know if you can... Can they do something at the Performance Institute? I, I don't know. I don't know really know what the answer is, but there needs to be like a some kind of like funnel system, at, le- at least in place so that when you retire, you can't fight anymore, but you know, you want to stay in the sport. I don't know. Teach them to judge. I, I don't know. Something like so we don't have this. Again. Hey. But you, you need to keep them away from the gloves. But, uh, and this is like a structural problem. The UFC is a really small organization. Like, I, I can't remember what the actual numbers are, like, in terms of, like, employee, like, actual employees, not fighters, um, on, on like, on, uh, on payroll, but something like 200-something. Yeah, compared to, like, compared to the, or, compared to uh, the money they bring small. in, they're like a mom-and-pop shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, 200 people. That's, like, two departments in the job I work at. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> UFC Fight Pass, when it first started, like, you would think it's, like, a massive organization. I think it was, like, a passion project of about 20 people. Yep. So, like... This is, like... They uh, they make money hand over fist, but, like, at the end of the day, they are really, really small. And, um... Like, Dana tried. Like, they got... He got Chuck a job, he got Matt Hughes a job, he got Boris Griffin a job, but... Nog. Nog. But, like, at the end of the day, and Joe, you mentioned it, like, you told me this, like, people went to bat for Forrest Griffin, they didn't go back for Chuck Liddell because Chuck Liddell really didn't do anything but, you know, lounge around his office, probably. If he even had an office. Um, <laughs> like, he just walked around the building? No, no, like, <laughs> he just worked from home. Worked. Right. Or, you know, like, he was just, like, Whenever the UFC met with like a partner or something, they just brought Chuck along because that partner probably knew who Chuck Liddell was. Um, like with the NBA, you got like thirty teams. 
who, who, who in theory could do something like this. And then you have the, and a, the NBA's head offices. And then you have like, like college teams and high school teams and AAU teams and camps you can run with like Nike and whatever. Like, yeah, it's, there's a lot more to, there's a lot more ground. Yeah. And like in, in like MMA, it's like, okay, you either, when you're done fighting, you either like go invest in like a restaurant or a sports bar or you go open a gym and that's really all you can really do. That is true. And you know, like uh, not not to not to just to follow up to his point, like, because um, we were talking about this. My first thought was like, you could put a guy like Chuck on. I I've been advocating the idea that use tough to get these older guys who are on their way out or just out, out in general as coaching jobs. But it's like the Anacool brought this up off air. How outdated is Chuck Liddell's fighting style relative to what we see in MMA today? Like, yeah. what could he teach these guys that they probably haven't already learned? Don't yeah. already know. Yeah. Although, like, I, I'd be cool with watching Chuck and Bisping shit talk one another for 14 weeks, if that's what you're offering me. <laughs> like, yeah. if they could come up with some uh, a more creative version of stuff that could utilize old coach, like old fighters. Or like and and they and they've done this to an extent with like the um, where are they now series on like Fight Pass, where I'm right. I'm sure like they didn't you know break open uh break open the pocketbook to have um I, I don't even know who the hell's been on the show to be honest with you but Tim Sylvia Tim Sylvia yeah like those type of guys like I'm sure they didn't you know they weren't getting paid any like six five five or six figures to you know have a show shot about them but. It's it's something, you know. Make Chuck the tough ambassador. He he does the Dana job. He shows up. He shows up at the weigh-ins. He um, like he announces who the fighters are going to be. Like coaches challenge, all that good stuff. Yeah, like what what they did with Kung Lee in China. Just use him for that. So we should draft up a proposal. I don't know. Anything but seeing guys like this, like Mark Coleman. Like, at one point, Mark Coleman was going to fight again, and it's like, yeah. You know. I wanted to keep saying this about Shogun, but he, God, this guy's still out here winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, he like, exists in say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like I, got this, I can't, like, every time I want to say, man, you, you got to go, man. It's just, you know, you had a good run, it's, it's over. And then he just... He just doesn't die. And it's not that I want bad things for him. It's just like, I just thought he wasn't going to be here the, this long. It's like, he's still... The longer he keeps winning, the worse off he's going to be. <laughs> I mean, if he fights Tyson Pedro, he'll be 8-0 by virtue of Tyson Pedro. I'm, we're gonna, when we talk about that, oh boy. All right. Well, we'll, 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 we'll leave this conversation but yeah, just, there. That, that just to end it, like, it was sad. Let's not support this. Let's be better. Um, don't let people into MMA who don't know what MMA is, who admit that they don't know what MMA is, who just know names. And who or, delegate all the his responsibilities yeah, to everybody else. Maybe not somebody who almost had their company kind of stolen under them and who, like... Who, Anacle, who how, much did they, how much did they draw that one year? Oh, God. Um, the actual company itself made, like, $8 million. 
with Canelo. With Canelo. That's their, that's their cut after Canelo. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, we have literally, to be better. That's, that's, that's... Maybe don't invite somebody who is literally only surviving because he has one fighter who makes 108% of their revenue <laughs> on Ross you know, in a different sport. <laughs> and I don't want to make fun of Oscar because he has personal problems, but like his personal problems caused somebody else to nearly take his organization away from him. Yeah. Like, Richard Schaefer was signing talents out from under. Like, they, like that was the whole lawsuit. Because Oscar was so out of the loop that Richard Schaefer was running Golden Boy and, like, kind of, sort of helping out, like, Al Heyman build PBC at the same time. With Golden Boy talents. So, you know. More of the story we just, we all have to More of the story is don't do coke. There you uh, go. Unless that's unless good, you're good. unless you're good at it, yeah. Unless you're functioning, we'll, high functioning, we'll, Ric Flair. We'll we'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> unless you're 1980s Ric Flair having having five star matches and selling out buildings, don't do coke. Yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> but before we get the news, uh, I neglected to mention the top cities, so I'll run through this. Oh yeah, quick. we got to do that, of course. Number one, San Francisco, California. Hey. Number two, St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Number three, Atlanta, Georgia. Number four, Torrance, California. And number five, uh, Gonzalez, Louisiana. I didn't know that was a place, but shout out to you guys. And right under Thanks for listening. uh, I didn't even know that you existed, apparently. Thanks. I I did not either. Great job. Great job. (laughs) I didn't know there was a city called Gonzalez. Great job, Sensei. I'm going to guess Gonzalez, Louisiana is never going to be in the top five ever again now. Probably not. To, to, to you guys there who listen, appreciate it. And right under Gonzalez, Louisiana, was a Bucharest, Romania. That's a so very random place, but however you got here, we appreciate it. Uh, so thank you Big to all the listeners, Tw- Twitter people, Tumblr people, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Um, so now actually officially getting the podcast started after twenty minutes of sad talk. About Chuck Liddell. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I got some notes here. Um, I'll let the listeners know. Um, I scrambled these notes this morning. I didn't really put them in any kind of order, so it's kind of all over the place. But you know, it's notes nonetheless. So starting from the top, uh, I guess you could say this is probably the biggest news that happened within like the last couple of days. Uh, one championship just continues to sign everyone under the sun that they can get. Uh, we got we got we got Sage Northcutt. He's he's taking his purity and his 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 youthfulness over there. Maybe they'll give him a nice cool closet to stand in. We can use another one of his pictures for a <laughs> episode. <laughs> but Sage is uh he he's over in one championship now. Um, also Sexy Yama also signed a one championship. If you don't know who Sexy Yama is, do your Googles. I'm not telling you. You, sh- you should know. <laughs> <laughs> Sage Northcutt versus Sexy Yama. Sure. Come on. Come on. Just man. the bodybuilding contest. There we go. Oh, man. They, that's probably, probably... They'd probably make that headline over a title fight. But, yeah, those those two are over there. Um, I, I, like, I like the Sage side. Um... I'm wondering what division he'll, he'll 
go in. I don't know if he'll do welterweight or lightweight, but I'm just going to say Sage Northcutt versus Eddie Alvarez uh, will eventually be something that I would assume would, would happen. This makes me think like Alvarez would be like the mean pit bull and Sage Northcutt is like the nice golden retriever. That's going to be a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that... That that'll be a thing. I, I like the signing though. I'm I'm glad Sage found a home. It seems like like fairly quickly. Um, I didn't read into the story as to like why they didn't resign him. I don't know if it was like a money thing, but yeah. who who knows? Um, it's all a story. But he's over at one. Yeah, they kept paying him 800k. They couldn't afford the the money. The money got thin. Yeah. Cuts, cuts had to be made, but I'm glad I'm glad he found a home. That's I think it's a good look, and one just seems to be doing a lot of good things right now. So I think that'll be a good look for uh, him and Saxiyama. How old is Saxiyama now? Forty-five. I wonder. Ish. Gonna look it up right now. Cause when I, yeah, when I saw his name, I was like, he's gotta be like. The last time he even forty-three. You know what, though? I think one will be responsible with him and give him somebody he can beat. He'll find another. Like, they don't have a Vitor Belfort to feed him to. Like, that would have been Ben Askren, but Ben Askren's gone. They'll, they'll give him, like, some guy who's had, like, two professional fights but doesn't really know what he's doing. I don't know. I think they'll figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> I, I don't look at one as the organization that, like, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to get the old guy killed. They don't give me that impression. They'll do their best to make him look good. Now, if he looks good, that's going to be on him. But they'll they'll give him a matchup. I think that'll at least be favorable, somewhat. So I want to. I say that. Why do you guys think Bellator didn't get him? One threw more money at him. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, if, I, one if they're one, out here try, buying freaking Eddie Alvarez on, like, an eight-figure contract, like, yeah. I, I'm assuming Maybe. this is just money. That I'm going to say, one, probably through more, more money, and I'm going to guess they were, for, for lack of a better term, I feel like they had to have been already, like, courting him somewhat, because, like, a couple of weeks ago, even before he had got released, like, he was already over there for an event. Like, I feel like there was something probably behind the scenes. Like, they had probably already somewhat had a discussion, and now it was just like, you know, what, what better time than now to, to just make it happen? Do you think that the UFC is okay with him going to one? Yeah. I feel like it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, because re- here's the reason why I'm here's the reason why I'm asking. Because, like, when the UFC doesn't sign somebody, it tends to come with like a little bit of shade and burial. And they were really nice about Sage. They were just like, yeah, it's not working out. We're going to want him to go fight some other places. And like, they tend to talk about people who go to one that way. And so I'm wondering, like, just because I, I teased the, con- we were going to talk some conspiracy theory on here. I'm wondering, like, how close the UFC and one are. Well, they. Th- if we're going uh, full conspiratorial, they were very highly complimentary of one. Dana was uh, during their uh, during their antitrust lawsuit. Right. They were they were the other big organization that Dana White said was you know doing huge things and that they can't compete with in Asia. Neither of which is true, but 
still. Um, I, I'm just trying to want. I'm just you know we're playing we're playing a little game here. I'm trying to figure this out because, like, I wonder if the UFC's like, look, you know, this proves that there's competition, but he's not really going to the competition. So we're kind of cool if he goes to one. Oh, so you think they're doing this on purpose? No, I, no, I, I think that they. I don't know. Like again, I think that Alistair Overeem has scared them off overpaying for anybody. Like after Overeem, they paid eight hundred thousand dollars for Overeem, and now he's on Fight Pass cards, and he's like the FS1 prelim headliner, and the pay-per-views he's on do like two hundred k. So I'm trying to figure out if like. So I think that they don't like to pay. I think that they're they're very conscious of what they're paying guys now, but like. The one FC UFC relationship is like very interesting to me. They they just did a trade together. You know, you got to have trust in an organization to want to pull that off. I don't think that they would trust anybody else for that. I think they trust Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin, which could be maybe Rich is the guy. Because Mastermind. yeah, but it just it like I think there's there's something weird about one in the UFC because the UFC also released they released Akiyama. And, and after releasing him a week later, he's in one. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a paper trail somewhere. I, I, I'm like, I, again, I'm not saying that there's some massive. I'm just wondering, like, the closeness, the connectivity between these two. It does kind of make me curious. Well, where, like, one mentioned that they had like a TV deal in the works here in the states, like. Also, oh, I don't. Like. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys some fighters if uh, you help us get on cable. Somewhere in the contract. I just don't know. I just, it's a weird situation to me. Because they've never know. been like... But, uh, the UFC's always never had a problem shitting on Strikeforce, Bellator. Actual competition. SFC, right. And, and they kind of like... They're very... Very glowing at times about one. Maybe they're afraid. I would be afraid too, man. They're taking all the guys we got with abs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole bunch of Metro PCS commercials. <laughs> that's for real. Is there like a Metro PCS curse? I mean, that, oh, look, Dominic Cruz is hurt. Uh, Mighty Mouse is gone. Mighty Mouse and Sage, who started together for some oddball reason, is gone. Who else was in one? Um, I don't think John Jones is in a Metro ad. Well, Kane was in a Metro commercial, and now he's on like a milk carton. Yeah, Ronda was. Ronda. And... Cody. Mm. Is, is the Metro PCS like the new Madden curse? Maybe, man. Make make it to the commercial and except for DC, he's you know, on on yeah, the the Grim Reaper just comes for your career. Cody Garbrandt wasn't in the commercial, but they, they he was mentioned in the one where the dad was just watching a oh, okay. fight. Uh, I'm just laughing at the idea of like some UFC executive walking into the marketing meeting and like fucking airbrush all the abs out of every picture we have. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are stealing them all. Uh, I don't know, but uh. You think Metro PCS yeah, upset? <laughs> <laughs> now we got to go all the way to the Philippines to shoot our commercials. <laughs> 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 Who's paying for this? 
<laughs> 16 hour flight to shoot a 30 second commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Shout out to Winter Championship though. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for. Uh, I like I like what they're doing. I feel like ever since they put out that app, things have just gone well for them. And hey, look, the more money well. fighters are getting paid, the better. You don't yeah. have to like you don't Good. have to like where they're going, you know, because some people are mad that they're gonna have to like watch these fights at five a.m. to see Sage or Mighty Mouse or Eddie Alvarez. But that's the nature of the game. Let the guys get paid. You know, it's not our job to be upset about that. Indeed. I'm just like, I mean, I hope. Eventually, that that pay makes its way down to all the other the southeastern Asian fighters. Oh, uh, they fight for the love of the game. They fight for the love of the game, and you know they can't even afford steroids, according yeah. to Victor Quay. So, it's 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 a very yeah. sad situation. <laughs> Edward Poirier has been in the organization since its inception, and now he has to look across the cage against a guy like Eddie Alvarez, who's getting paid like nine, uh, like six figures to be there. Well, if Foliang loves the game as much as as much as one FC believes he loves the game, <laughs> he won't be out here complaining about that. Oh man, it's for the, it's for the heart of the sport. So. <laughs> Moving down the list, so I'm gonna read a lot of these fights I just have listed, and they're all kind of out of order. So I apologize. Um, but anywho, uh, Manuel Sanchez, Ashley Grimshaw. Going down in Bellator on March 22nd. MVP and Paul Daly is allegedly going to happen on February 16th. Plenty. I of feel like you got to make sure that people know that Grimshaw is the headline, the headliner. He is to bring in tickets. Hey, Where's that play happening? That I didn't write down. I didn't write down the, the card. I want to say Thackerville. Was... I'll look it up. You know Thackerville loves yeah, those bricks, so. And then we we got MVP and Daly going down February sixteenth in Bellator, and it's not going to be in England. Um, so if you, if, you, if you were over there and you thought you were going to see Daly, uh, Bellator gave you the okie doke. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still going to be a thing. It's, it's, you know, allegedly it's in an England, but not in England, England. It's in New England. Yeah, yeah, New England. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> but MVP Paul Daly, a lot of people have been waiting for that one. So hopefully nobody pulls out. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Back to uh, Andre, e- by the way, just to wrap that up. Mm. So Grimshaw Sanchez in Thackerville. Shout out to Thackerville, wherever you go. No, I hate Oakland. <laughs> sorry, guys. Football, fo- 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 football. No, no, no. You said it. I'm, lo- I'm a Longhorn. I'm a Longhorn fan. I'm, I'm, I'm right with Oakland. Sorry, that. Sorry, <laughs> fine folks. And <laughs> Andre Ewell is the 80th thousandth replacement to fight Nathaniel Wood, allegedly at UFC 232. Um, poor Nathaniel Wood. He's had to prepare for like five different people. So, um, that, that that's the thing. Wei Li Zhang got a quick turnaround. Um, they announced this fight like really quick after she had won on the Beijing card. She'll be fighting Tisha Torres at UFC 235. Really looking forward to that one. Uh, Marlon Marais uh, will be fighting Rafael Sunsau at UFC Fight Night 144. Uh, Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren, which we've mentioned a bunch of times, but it is now like official, official. Um, that will be going down at UFC 233. Um, Ryzen 14. Actually, you know what? Before, hold on, I'm going to hold off on Ryzen. Uh, 
Continuing UFC, three more fights. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo and Courtney Casey also at UFC 233. Uh, Rachel Ostevich is back. Her fight with Paige Van Zandt is back on at the um, the UFC. I, I think that's the debut for the ESPN Plus card. Yep. Um, so that fight is back on. Uh, signee and fight news. Cron uh, Gracie, who fought in Ryzen, has been signed to the UFC. He will be fighting Bruce Leroy um, at UFC 233. Sorry, Kron, I can't root for you. I wanted to, but I'm obligated to root for Bruce Leroy. No matter how many times he disappoints me, but I always root. So, um, but that fight's going down. Um, and the last bit of UFC news, not fight-related, but um, per Joe Rogan on his podcast, um, allegedly the UFC is working on uh, a new design for gloves that will help reduce eye pokes. Um, but he said he's sworn to secrecy, so he can't go into details. But apparently that's the thing. Um, and the gentleman who, uh, was accused, um, in the death of Ryan Gemma, uh, pled guilty, I think, to manslaughter. Um, so that also happened. And Ryzen 14 pretty much has the entire card, uh, listed. You can go, I don't even know what site I'm on, but the whole, the whole card is listed. You can go look at it. Uh, notable fights, obviously, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Tenshin Nasukawa, um, another really, really big fight, Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell, that's going to be amazing, uh, Kana Asakura and Ayaka Hamasaki on this card, uh, Reina versus Samantha Jane Francois, and other familiar names from Ryzen, uh, Yusuke Yachi versus Johnny, Kate, uh, Johnny Case, uh, Oka Sasaki, who, I, I guess he fled the UFC flyweight, you know, he, he didn't want to be here when that ship sank, so, he's over in Ryzen now, he's fighting Manel Cape. Um, Emmanuel Newton is, uh, on this card. And on this poster, he doesn't really look like he wants to fight, but... (laughs) (laughs) His his fighting pose does not give me the, uh, the, uh, the feeling that he really wants to be here. But Emmanuel Newton will be fighting Jerry Pro... Is it Prozaska? Proboscis. Something like that. P-R-O-C-H-A-Z-K-A. (laughs) <laughs> I do have so, something that's... on him, by the way. Apparently, he was like in negotiations with the UFC to be on this prog card, and then they just announced him for this fight. So, shrug. I want more. It's still possible. <laughs> this is his last fight with Ryzen or something. Apparently not. Apparently, he said he has a four-fight deal. Huh. So, it's like when yeah. they were gonna sign. What was the name of the dude? Like Materla, was it? Oh, uh, yeah. They were going to build the Poland card around him, and then at the last minute, he was like, so I'm actually not leaving? He's like, nah. Tiago <laughs> Santos? No way. K- uh, KSW got me a deal with, like, Mercedes Krakow, so I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> what can you offer me in any last... Reebok kit? Not interested. Yeah, we're not doing that. So you can spell my name wrong. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> last fight. Uh, familiar face on Ryzen. Darren Crookshank will be fighting Damian Brown. Uh, so if you want the whole Ryzen card, because there are other fights on here that I didn't mention. Um, like Justin Scoggins is on here, so he's, uh, you know, he, he came over also. But um, whole, the whole Ryzen 14 card is out if you want to do your Googles and look at it. Looks like it's going to be, you know, pr- pretty fun card. That'll be on December 31st. Um, so we will definitely be covering that. And uh, that's pretty much it for news and uh, notes. Real quick, um, did we get the ESPN two plus two card? Was the whole thing like? Uh, most of it. 
Barely. Like, uh, the rumored main event is going to be Rafael Sunset, Marlon Marais, uh, Thiago Alves versus Max Griffin, Megamed Bebulatov versus Rogerio um, Motorin, uh, Taylor Santos versus Mauro Romero Barella, Damian Maya versus Lyman Good, Junior Albini versus Dmitry Sodnovsky, Alexa Grasso versus Marina Rodriguez, and Brian Barbarino versus Vicente Luque. Those welterweight fights are damn good. That Lyman Good fight, the Lyman Good Maya fight is interesting. Uh, One of the more veteran fights. <laughs> hopefully it goes better for good than it did for him versus Askren. Yeah. So. It's a very, very veteran fight. I, I, like, I like that fight. I like the term veteran fight, by the way. I'm trying. I'm trying to be respectful. <laughs> I'm trying not to make fun of. Damn, Maya's been fighting for like 13 years. Yeah, I was saying that he's. It doesn't. Well, okay, okay. I really, I can't say it doesn't feel like it. Cause it's like I just, I just remember like watching him in Bellator when he got signed to the UFC. It's like that guy still. He's still around here. Oh yeah, he was tearing it up the yeah. CFL. <laughs> And, like, he still looks good. He still... We're talking about Lyman Good? Look... Yeah. yeah. He still looks pretty good. I was surprised they brought him in after they buried him on tough. Yeah. Andrew Craig beat him, and he was like, we don't let no fucking Bellator guys win in this cage. And I was like, oh, man. And then that guy didn't end up in the UFC. Winning in the cage. This weekend has taught me anything. Oh, no, wait. It wasn't, Andrew, are... it wasn't Andrew Craig. It was the dude who fought Kafal Pendra. I can't remember his name. Oh, God. Um, I know this. I know it this. Does... It, it matters to me. I understand. I apologize. Really. This weekend taught me anything. Is Ian that the, the old guys of this sport. Ian he, he was a wrestler. He ended up losing and like getting into the house after he got in the house, and then he disappeared forever. He disappeared forever. I mean, he, he fought like <laughs> one more time and then retired. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. He just retired. Nice. <laughs> he was, he was, yeah, he was Edgar's first pick, and then I think he lost in like the first or second round. He lost in the first round to Roger yeah. Zapata. You know what? I won't make fun of him because maybe he got out. He, he got out of the sport early. He didn't. Uh, he didn't overstay his welcome. So I'll never. Nine years from now, never fought somebody. Nine years from now, he's going to headline Golden Boy Twenty Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But that's it uh, for news and notes. Uh, I wanted to elaborate on some of these, but I can't because we have a lot of fights to cover. Um, I mean, even outside of the UFC and Bellator, they were like, because I think like KSW had a card. There was a lot going on this weekend. Um, I do think we should, into, not, not not that I run this place or anything, but I do think we should at least acknowledge that I think Mehmed Khalidov retired. Yeah. So. Ah, I forgot the guy he lost to. I didn't even get a chance to watch it, but I heard about it. Well, so like the light heavyweight champ, I think, right? Yeah, Tomas uh, Nar- Narkin. Narkin. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that I just Kalidov is is Kalidov the one dude who kind of always stuck to his principles and never made the, you know, despite a numerous offers, never made the UFC jump. Well, I think he just felt disrespected because, like, their first deal was, like, the UFC offered him, like, $50,000. Like, it was something, like, ridiculously small compared to what KSW was paying. 
Because I think even Fedor at one point was like really close to a UFC deal. He's always been like the guy they wanted but couldn't couldn't get him. And yeah, I do remember hearing that. I remember hearing like they they were really close around the Kendall Grove fight, and then like because they told Kendall Grove like we're trying to sign him. If you beat him, it'll be good for your career. Like they would bring him back. So I guess I get kudos to a long career, you know. Not wrong with being that question mark. No, oh, you know, you're 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 a trivia question. Yep. Yeah, that keeps people intrigued. They always want to know. Man, I'm looking at his record now, man. He has fought a lot of people. Because if you think about it, KSW was him and Puds for a long time. And and I, I guess you could kind of say, uh, would you say Blahovich as well? Like, would Jan have been the third of those, like, top three guys? That's a good question. Like, in terms of skill, probably in terms of, you know, making money, putting asses, uh, filling out these 50,000 uh, arena seats. Oh, no, 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 no. Poods is number one, but, like, Kalidov was, like, the solid number two, important number two. Yeah. And then, like, I, I'm wondering if you could put Blahovich in the category of being, like, super reliable, that kind of super reliable number three. Yeah, I guess. If if only because you know, light heavyweight, but um, is he the most accomplished? He's got two names on his record that just make me sad every time I see him. <laughs> Kalidov or Blahovich? Uh, Kalidov. Jorge Santiago and Mayquel Falco. Uh, okay. Every time I see those names, I just I hang my head down. But, hey, man, I'm not mad if he stuck to his guns. Sensei, we got a and lot I mean, to cover. Me. Let's have a 10-minute conversation we, about KSW. This is uh, why I don't get invited <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> why don't they yeah, ask me we'll, to come we'll, on more? Oh. Okay. <laughs> got it. All right, so we, we, we did promise last week that the first fights we would talk about would be Deontay Wilder and... Uh, Dr. Eggman, Tyson Fury. So, um... <laughs> Almost got all the Chaos Emeralds last night. <laughs> he was so close. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. That that went down last night in the midst of... that. I gotta say, that fight came... That fight came on at the perfect time. Because I cannot remember what fight... What UFC fight it was It was Mark Klein, Justin Willis. Yeah, I was I was like, thank God this fight started because that 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 Mark Hunt fight was uh wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> it was was not doing it for me. I made it a very small square at the bottom of my screen and uh, I put Wilder and Fury in the forefront. But um, I knew the field, the the Wilder Fury fight was going to be interesting just based off the the introduction and the walkout. Um, because Tyson Fury came out to his own personal greatest hits. Like, they would play a song for like 20 seconds, and then it switched to something else. And then it would switch to something else. And I was like, alright, okay. I don't know what this is, but whatever. He seems pretty happy. And then uh, Deontay Wilder came out looking like an anime villain. I don't know what that fit was. The, the whole mask and the... Was that a coat? I don't <laughs> really know what to call that. A feathered robe. Yeah, the the feathered robe thing he had, it was really weird. 
but um I knew we were gonna be in for something special some something different and um yeah so i this fight went I can't really say it went the way I didn't really know what was gonna happen i I think after about the first three to four rounds, I was like, okay, I, I guess I kind of get the gist of what this is. Tyson Fury, you know, as much as I make fun of his uh, his uh, physique in relation to Dr. Eggman, he is a very mobile Dr. Eggman. Um, <laughs> he, he moves very well for a man his size. He, you know, he's, he's, he's quick on his feet, good, good, good reflexes. He kind of just, kind of just boxed Fury up for a good portion of this fight. Not landing anything like super wowing or like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe he did that. But it was kind of like, you, you kind of saw who was clearly like the better technician and who was just out there just kind of just hoping for a kill shot. And I, I thought that was going to be the entire fight. I mean, for most of the fight it was up until, I can't remember what round three landed the first knockdown. It was round nine. Yeah, he, um... Fury finally landed that right that he had been looking for, like, the entire night. Um, put him down. But I gotta give Fury credit, Fury credit with both both knockdowns. Like, he he gets knocked down, you think he's dead, and he kind of gets back up like nothing ever really happened. Like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what kind of, like, I don't know. There's something weird <laughs> about, because like, that second knockdown, I'll, I'll just fast forward the fight. Because most of this fight was Fury, he just, just kind of boxed him up, moved around, got in and out the way. Uh, Wilder's trying to land the right hand. It's just, it's, it's not really going too well. He he, had, he was throwing a couple of body shots, which I thought he would stick with, but there was, they were just kind of here and there. And that last right hand that um, Wilder dropped him with, I thought I was sure he died. Like, he <laughs> fell, his... His head was up in the air, looking to the sky. I was like, and his arms were laid out. I was like, okay, he's ascended to the heavens, and Wilder just pulled like a crazy comeback KO. This is gonna be a fun story, and it'll be a nice, you know, it'll be one of those nice comeback stories, and this will be on highlights forever. And then eight seconds later, Fury gets up like the Undertaker, getting out of his casket, and he's like, no, I gotta get back up. And he gets back up. And he keeps boxing like, like, like it didn't happen. And not only did he just like get back up, like he started to push forward. And he starts landing his own shots. He he caught uh, Wilder with a couple of nice like one twos down the pipe. But I knew it. I felt it in my soul. I knew it when this went when 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 it went to the judges. And well, uh, okay, I have a terminology question. Um. Was it because the the judges, from what I remember, or or from commentary, when they announced the winner, they said we have a split decision, or am I bugging? No, they said that. I thought I heard. They heard that. Oh, yeah. So how can it be a split decision if it was a draw? Is it just a split decision because one scored it for Wilder, one scored it for Fury, and then the other was a tie? I guess. Is that how that works? that you just can't spoil the draw you have to you have to give suspense because <laughs> i was confused as to why that was called a split i think they're called split decision. draws i think that's the actual term for it okay I, I was i was really confused but yeah when i when when i went to the judges and i heard the just the word split i was like oh boy here we go 
I, I knew it. I, 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 just, I felt it. I knew that, that dreaded D word was coming. <laughs> and yeah, it, it was a draw. It was, it was, it was a draw. The dreaded um, D word. Yeah. I, all right. So here, here's my spiel and I'll shut up. Um, I, I didn't rewatch this fight. So I'll, I'll say that. So I'm still going off of what was my like first impression. Um, but I'm just going to say, and, and what I saw and what my eyes showed me that first time is that Tyson Fury won like 85% of this fight. And Wilder had, I think I gave him maybe, I can't remember, it was like round three. There was one round earlier where neither one of them did like a whole ton. And I think Wilder landed like a few decent shots, so I gave him that round. But outside of that round, he only won two other ones. And those were both of the rounds that he got knockdowns in. Albeit, the knockdowns were great, especially that second one where, like, I think anybody else just would have died, but Tyson Fury somehow just came back from the dead. But I'm like, two highlights, as vicious as they were, I don't see how that wins you a fight or, or gets you a draw. To me, that was, that was one of those fights where you just, you threw a Hail Mary and you landed it, but it didn't win you the game. Like, it'd be like the equivalent of football, like you land the Hail Mary and then you think the game is over. And then the other team runs a kick return back for a touchdown. I was like, you lost. Like, it's, it's, you tried, but hey, man, too, too little, too late. But I don't know. So somehow in in, in the boxing world, that, that was a draw. I, I, I thought Wilder clearly lost. Not to take any weight, anything away from him, because to even, like, have the energy after that going that long in a fight and still having, like, that kind of power in those later rounds... I, I think speaks a lot and that he just kind of never he, he's definitely a never say die like dude is a, he's always if, if he can go for the kill shot he's gonna take it so props to him man he wilder has a lot of heart and the power just never leaves no matter what round it is but i thought wilder pretty much schooled him from most of this fight but i don't know what do i know i, I, I don't know but um i, I was entertained though at, at least that's that's kind of all i wanted i wasn't rooting for anybody either way i didn't bet on this fight so i didn't, didn't really have a dog in the race but i i thought wilder uh, i mean i thought fury won um but you know it, it it is what it is we'll we'll get the rematch that um is pretty much inevitable at this point yeah um I, I have Fury winning like nine three uh, on the scorecards, and you know obviously uh, you take two po- uh, two extra points away from Tyson for uh, getting knocked down. Um, that watching him stand up from that knockdown was just surreal. Uh, just like you can see the process of him waking up as he starts to blink and realizes that he's down. And then he's upset with himself for getting knocked down. And then he just stands up. It's like Derek Lewis standing up after somebody took him down. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen some people complain that, you know, it was a long count or whatever. But it's just like, come on. Why, why would you take that away from him? He, he, he got up and then proceeded to beat Wilder for the rest of the round. It wasn't he up at like seven, so it's like, you know. it, yeah, he, he got up around like eight. He started getting up around like eight or eight or nine. Like it, 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 
it was really late. Like it was so late that it was just, like that was, and that was part of the weirdness. Like he was down for like a solid like six, seven seconds, not moving, and all of a sudden he just gets up, like he's getting out of bed or something. I've only seen Fury get knocked down once, like I so, and I was I didn't have commentary on, so I can't tell you if there's been more than one. But it was against Stevie Cunningham, yeah, and it was kind of followed a similar-ish pattern. He wasn't hit anywhere near as hard. But he, like, went down, and you're just like, oh, that's a little sketchy. And then at, like, 7 or 8, he got up nice and calm and just went back to fighting. Like, didn't even register with him. Yeah, no, he, he is a a different type of stuff. He is genuinely crazy. I think we need to just, like, in a realistic sense. Yeah. That's a hundred percent fair. Tyson, like Tyson Fury, is a, a, Tyson Fury is the only type of crazy that can exist with a man named Tyson Fury. Like <laughs> this man is a I bare knuckle in, champion. I believe there's like 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 a, I, I'm not a I'm not this kind of a gamer, but there's like chaotic good and like chaotic bad, and he whatever it is, he's chaotic whatever you want him to be. Basically, um, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and as for the rest of the fight, like, yeah, it was a clinic on making Wilder miss. Cause, and, and and that's what it basically came down to. Wilder threw that right hand probably upwards of 30 times in this fight from uh, distance and landed it, like, twice, and those were the two times that uh, Fury went down. Um... Like, I, I was I was kind of being hyperbolic with this, but like, Fury's probably like relative to size the best like mover in the history of weight division, and yeah, I'm including Ali because Ali was a cruiserweight, and Fury's six nine and weighs four hundred pounds before fights. Like. Have either one of you guys ever seen like a basketball player just like hitting pads? Like, he's, like yeah, yeah. Like even even the super athletic ones, they hit, they kind of hit hard, but you can see the the lack of fluidity, and it kind of look like it kind of looks like they're gonna fall over their own feet. And that's what I like. Once you and that's what Deontay Wilder looks like. He does not. He's not a fluid dude. When you're that, that size, there are so many moving parts just to get right. everything perfectly. But somehow Tyson Fury is able to move like a guy who's like 6'3 or 6'2. And, and my I, favorite I, part watching that fight was like, go ahead. Go no, no, go, finish, 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 finish your thought. Finish thought. No, because like I, I, I watched the fight and I also had Twitter open because I wasn't listening to the commentary. So I didn't know if there was something being said that I needed to keep an eye on. And. In, like, the third round, I'm following this guy who's like, oh, Tyson Fury's getting tired. And then, like, the fourth round, he's like, I think Tyson Fury's getting tired. And then, like, the seventh round, he's like, I don't even know if Tyson Fury's getting tired. And it's like, <laughs> this is, he's, he's a freakish human being. Because let's be realistic. If you brought this fight up to anybody last year in 2017, we all would have laughed at the concept. And it's like, only like a, we talk about the the will the ability to like will things into existence, and like only a dude like this could lose like a million pounds, 
and then say, I'm not going to fight like a bunch of cans and then just ride out my career as a can. Like he was like, all right, I'm going to fight Wilder. And it's like, we can't get Joshua to fight Wilder. And this dude fights him and he moves like a guy who like, he moves like, I don't even like, like, I can't think of a perfect comparison to him. He's just like this freakish. He's like, if you created a character and up the evasiveness and like made him freakishly proportional, like he's, he just, he's, Anacle said he's one of the, we may need to talk about Tyson Fury as one of the best heavyweights, full stop. Like, not, not the best, obviously, but he's got Klitschko on his resume. He should, like, he is generally, genuinely the best, the most skilled heavyweight around today. Like, he, he's better than Joshua, he's better than Wilder, he's better than uh, Pavetkin and Ortiz. The only thing stopping him is himself, basically. <laughs> how how old is he? Thirty, I think. So he could conceivably do this still for another ten years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure who in ten years, or even within like five, who he still has to fight. But he could do this for ten years or ten minutes, and that is the, I guess the the. That is Tyson Fury, basically. Yeah, he... Because I, I saw a lot of people... Of, of course, like, I feel like big fights like these always bring out like people who don't oh, really we watch were, yeah, combat we were, sports. Uh, dude, they just dude the heavyweight, of... heavyweight anything is just the worst hot takes. Yeah. I was telling Anacle <laughs> we need to have like a memorandum on these big fight Twitter experts. Like the guys who come out for the big fight and have no idea what they're watching. Because people were, I saw a lot of people, I, I was browsing my Facebook and people were like, oh, this is boring, this is blah, blah, blah. And I was just in awe of just how, like, effortless Tyson is just like, like I said, I make fun of his physique because I just, I think it's hilarious. Because <laughs> he's like 90% leg. <laughs> it's so weird. With like a beer gut. But like, right. <laughs> but it's like, if you... I feel like people would appreciate him if he, like, looked the part. Because he's not, like, a very... He's very tall, but he's not... It's not like he's super shredded or, you know, abs aren't popping out. Like, but if you... He just the way... He moves really just, like, gracefully. It's it's effortless. This is the same man who punched himself in the face once. In the face! (laughs) (laughs) See? He's corrected those mistakes. Like, (laughs) And I'm just like, he... He is so effortless, and like if you, like I said, I've I've mentioned this before. Like when I a lot of when I watch fights, like I I like to watch like like body language and like people's like facial expressions. He never looks worried. Like Wilder's trying to throw this bomb repeatedly, and he's just kind of like oh, I'm getting out of the way. Like n- nothing to see here. I'm good. Like you're not gonna hit me. And then even after he does hit, get hit, like I think he literally just laid there. To just sit and reflect, like, oh, he got me this one time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he took a second to process, like, oh, he got me. Okay, all right, whatever. Gets back up. All right, back to work. Like, he never looks flustered or like, like that right hand. N- neither of those knockdowns got to him. And the funniest p- part of this fight, and I- I'm mad I didn't see it in real time. I didn't see it until I-, I watched the replay afterwards. But if you watch the replay. When Fury, um, when Wilder knocked him down the second time, like Wilder goes back to his corner and he's doing like this little shoulder shuffle, and then he turns around and he sees Fury get back up and he's like, "Oh man, 
Yeah, yeah, he gives like this little laugh, like, oh god, this guy here, he, this this guy's back. Hunter behind <laughs> his back against Deontay Wilder at one point. Like this man is not, he does not have our DNA. Like he is from another nah. planet. Yeah, he's he's he's. Like there's just some like, people who are just straight up built different, and they're built to do this. And Tyson Fury is one of them. Yeah. Genuinely insane. Yeah. He is a genuine. He's a crazy person. He 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 was meant to fight. This is what what he was put on this earth to do. And that that whole. I mean, I've watched a bunch of Wilder. Well, not a bunch, but I've seen a handful of Wilder fights. So I I kind of figured how it was gonna go on his end. But I I guess I was just hoping for him that after like the first five rounds, it's like, dude, can you just like. Can you pump a jab? Can you put together some combinations that isn't a one-two? Like, no. can you just? No. Is there any? Like, I saw this a bunch on Twitter and even on Tumblr with like some of the like more popular boxing um, fans who were just talking. Like, I guess like they had like people come on their page and talking about like. Uh, you know, why did why, why did Deontay Wilder look so underprepared? Why did Deontay Wilder like did he did he underestimate Tyson Fury? Uh, like why why did his team not give him better advice? I'm just like these people don't know where they were being sold. Yeah, this this is what he does. Like, and all all respect to the world, Deontay Wilder because he went in there, he fought his ass off. He's a very he he's a very limited fighter with a, a couple of you know genuinely. Um, like one percent, like point one percent gifts. Like he might actually be the one of the hardest punchers in the history of boxing. Which, which you know, if you, especially a heavyweight, that's a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is a one-two boxer, and not even a good one in in terms of just like technique. Because there's a man who will windmill punches, not not like overhands, like straight up windmill punches he does like the mma like the guy who transitioned from wrestling to mma and he's learning striking for the first time. yeah the overhand <laughs> the <big> yeah <laughs> there were there and were a few it, punches where fury and wilder were not even in the same zip code and he was <laughs> and he was going for it and it's so it's frustrating but i'm also amazed at the same time because i'm like he's managed to i think it speaks something in both ways like and, and on one side he's gone undefeated fighting like this and but it's been working like he's so powerful that he's been able to get away with it and but then on the other side i'm like dude if if you could develop just you know whatever if you don't want to have great footwork and all that whatever that's cool if you could just string together some combinations that isn't a one-two if you could Pump a jab out a couple times, then throw the right hand, or mix an uppercut in there, or some hooks. Right like, hand to the you body, just, something. Right. His if body you could put together I some, was pretty good last night too. Like it, bro, that, that jab it was, but he, he was just he didn't in, uh, like he's at, at, like halfway through the fight, he started putting a jab in Fury's chest. It's like if you could develop some kind of <laughs> fluid offense, like if he if he could, because I was like, if he would have had more of a fluid offense, I think you could have. You could have won, like because his power is just, it's that it's that strong that if 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 he could string him string it together more, I think he could have got him out of there. But it's just like, Tyson's looking at you and he knows everything you're gonna do. He just needs to get out the way, and he just happened to get caught those two times. 
But all of the other times, he, he was easily able to get out the way. But, yeah, that that was, um, I mean, if, if there's a fight that signifies technique versus power, this is it. Like, <laughs> this this is what those fights can can look I'm like. Watching, like. I'm watching I'm watching a clip of Tyson Fury just ducking, weaving a punch combination from Wilder, <laughs> in which Wilder does not come close to hitting him even once. Like, yeah, it is. I I gotta give Tyson a lot of props, man. Dude, dude is for a man that size. He he moves. It's it's crazy. It's. You you can tell that you know because I I I'm not like a I I didn't know a ton about him like I've I've always known his name but I I didn't like watch a ton of his fights and I didn't even know like a ton about his backstory about like he was like a drug addict or something like he had to go through like a lot just to get back to to this fight like you have to be really skilled to have that kind of I don't know how long his layoff was but you know basically like, the man had to go get his life back together and I I watched like his last. Because he had, like, two comeback fights before yeah, this fight. Yeah, the one where he just stopped fighting and started watching the fight in the crowd. What's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that one, and I watched the other one. And it's just like, you have to be... You went through all this drug addict, so on and so forth. You had to drop all this weight. And it just looks like he didn't really miss a step. Like, all of that adversity or whatever it was that he had to go through to get back to this, it... It doesn't look like he missed like a single like step. Like three months ago, yeah. this man weighed like three hundred something pounds. Like, so, like back in August or July, he was talking about, yeah, I'm like at three fifteen. His wife told him he was too fat to ever box again. So, <laughs> and now look at him. And by the way, we we honestly we all take Tyson Fury to task for being kind of a. Uh, he said some things none of us agree with. I think. So, uh, Oh yeah, like he he is a like he he says some straight up just like awful Gar- garbage. Yeah, garbage. Yeah. So kudos to him for apparently donating his entire purse to like uh, some sort of uh, Irish charity that's going to build homes. That's according to yeah. Well, it was like to help like yeah. The homeless so kudos like to him yeah. for that if he did that and uh, like I guess. I, like it's hard to back him because there's still so much going on with him, like and and he's still one of these guys who's a little combustible, but I guess if you're looking for somebody who can change, so far Tyson Fury since he's come back has been a different guy, um, so, you know, good for him, good for him for making personal changes to fix his life, um, I don't trust him to stay like this because he's just kind of way too combustible as a person. But I do think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done personally and, of course, professionally, uh, at least in the last year. So yeah, we're quick to condemn. Good. No, I'm just going to say, I think he holds it together long enough to get a fight with Joshua. And then you say... <laughs> and then he goes off. I think as long as he has, like, a... Like, he's like Henry Cejudo a bit, where, like, as long as he has a target, he's good. Yeah, I, I could say that. Or, uh, not good, but functioning. Yeah, he need he needs something to keep his mind busy. Yeah, that's to, like, a good way to put yeah to keep keep him focused. Yeah, but like, I mean, this is still the same guy who. Yeah, no, no, no. But I hope I hope it for his sake. I hope it does remain the way it is because, like, 
he was he was a guy who said a lot of things that I personally found abhorrent. And since this part, you know, that was part of the reason why I didn't want to see his comeback was that, like, I didn't, I didn't want Tyson Fury to be back in the boxing eye because he more often than not says something or does something that puts it in a bad light. And everything about the Wilder fight, and pretty much everything from his comeback in general has been pretty, pretty good, like pretty nice of him. So between this, apparently he and Wilder both donated tickets to like the, uh, the first responders in California. It's, it's, it's like, l- l- I hope this is a happy story because we don't get a whole lot of those. So. My only request from him is, uh, if he fights Joshua, bring the Batman. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is still the same guy who showed up as Batman and beat up some random dude. I mean, I, I think since uh, Joshua get, gets, like, billed as, like, Superman, just show up as Lex Luthor. Luther. He's go. already got the bald head. No, Superman. he'd have to shave. Oh, he already yeah. shaved. So, yeah, just show up. As... The story, right? The story has written itself. Or Bizarro. Is there. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> We got. We got. He's out. gonna just draw abs on himself. <laughs> no, they'll draw abs on himself, and then 1FC gonna sign him. <laughs> oh man, Brandon Vera doesn't want those problems. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, it it was it it was a good fight. Like it, it didn't get super exciting up until. I mean, for, for me, I was amazed at just like his technique. So I was kind of entertained watching it. But I think for, like, the casual person, it probably isn't going to get super entertaining until, like, around when the knockdown happened. But it's it's a fight that I think you should just watch because, it, like, this, this was just, like, a moment. Like, I think it's one of those fights that you should at least just watch once just because. It, it, it's not a good fight. Or it, it's a good fight, but it's more a tense fight. Right. And, like, there yeah. there's drama and tension in it. And I think that that's – sometimes that's more important than two dudes just – Yeah. Swinging them things. Could you you spent the whole fight waiting like, all right, he's winning, but when is he gonna get? Yeah, caught? this isn't this and isn't then, the Klitschko fight. Like, that, yeah, yeah. Where like Tyson Fury quite clearly just outboxed Klitschko for twelve rounds and looks like he has no idea what's going on. It's like Who, Klitschko what, or Fury? What, uh, both. Oh no, because <laughs> I was gonna say Fury at one point just looks like this is it, huh? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> but like. It, for, like the things that made Klitschko a good like fighter who reigned over his division for like a decade also probably contributed to him losing that fight the way he did. Deontay Wilder is a crazy man who you know who who will try to win the fight up until the last second of the fight. Like he fights like he, he fights every fight the same way in terms of just like okay. I, I have to invest everything in my power. So every every fight is like a coin fl- a coin flip for Wilder, basically. It's like that fighting game where one character's got all the sevens, but the other character's got like the two nines and a bunch of fives, and you're just like, if he can just get the nine, like, because because right. all Wilder <laughs> like like watching that fight, I just got those Sergio Martinez, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. vibes, where it's like everything that Tyson Fury's doing right now. Is sustainable, but can be ended with like one move, because right. it was basically cat and mouse with the heaviest-handed guy, potentially ever. So it's like, okay, you can outbox him, but I don't think Wilder's that tired. And at some point, I think Wilder's gonna find you. He found him in the second round, and Fury was cool, but it's like, all right, well, you're not tired yet, or you're just, you know, 
attrition hasn't worn in. So watching him move around, like in the ninth round, I didn't see the ninth round knockdown because I was watching, I think that was during Pedro uh, Shogun. But I did see the 12th round one. And I was like, that's the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Sergio Martinez thing where it's like everything has to be perfect because if you're off by one, the other guy's going to get you, which is how Sergio Martinez got tagged. The difference is that Martinez still got the decision, whereas Fury, you know. But I think it was like a competitive enough fight to where I don't think it was a robbery. And uh, so, you know, I wasn't cool with the robbery calls, but I also don't think Wilder won technically, but I wasn't scoring it. Uh, just like my uh, my thing is somebody found seven rounds to give to Wilder. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Somebody found two <laughs> rounds to give to RDA. So, really? Yeah. One God of them damn. was forty eight forty seven. So by the way, since like I I don't know if we've ever discussed this, do you guys have any weird like uh superstitions for when the results are about to be announced? Um make sure to raise your hands. No, no, no. I mean, like, as a viewer. Oh, as a viewer? No. Mine is just whoever I thought was going to win isn't. <laughs> I'm normally right. <laughs> when I, have when been... I hear and the judges have went to a split decision, my heart just sinks because I know who I rooted for. They're about to... I have it's not going to go well for them. I have this weird thing. I've developed it, like, in a year. I don't know why. I mute the TV or the laptop before a decision. <laughs> if I think it's a don't close Don't do fight. that to yourself. That's, that's nerve-wracking. I don't know why. I think it's because I can tell who won reading the body language. So, like, if I see if I see Bruce Buffer look really nervous, I mute it. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, 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 really, at, he's a giveaway. He's looking at the car like, yeah, what? Yeah, that's what I'm like, gosh. I, I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Like, Cejudo Mighty Mouse, I didn't know who won because I muted the... I didn't know who won originally because I muted my... Uh, I muted what I was watching it on. And so I was like, I went to get something, and when I came back, Cejudo had the belt on. And I was like, oh, okay, so he won, but I had no idea. And then, I, so, like, that's a weird thing that I've developed. I don't know why. I'm not a fan of it, but there you go. Split decisions, man. Or draws. Whenever you, yeah. see the, whenever you see the guy who's got the cards look a little shaky. Yeah, you're, you're in hit for that one. I think it's because I don't, <laughs> you know what it is? I think what did it was Condit Lawler. I was so sure Carlos Condit won. And then when they announced it, I kind of lost my mind. I went like into like a freakout. So I think ever since then, I've been kind of like I muted. So I don't. Know. Did you see him with a flamethrower? Carlos Condit. You didn't see that? No, that's now I'm disappointed. I want to see that. He was in a gym with a flamethrower. Right. He could do that. Like like like, and I'm not saying like just holding it. Like he was using a flamethrower, like just shooting it. Carlos Condit can do anything he wants, except apparently win a he, fight in 2000. No, he 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 beat Robbie Law. That's I agree. <laughs> so none of you have any weird fight superstitions like as a because as a, i know some people, nah, like, I just... i'll give you i'll give you another example like um i knew a guy who if he came in the middle of a round he would stay out of the room until the round ended so like i like they're like weird fight superstitions uh, i'm just trying to think of another one. i don't know if i have any i just I just know split decisions equals bad things are about. <laughs> you prepare your hot just, take already. <laughs> I, just, I just have to prepare in that, that, that quick moment because I know the decision's coming a second later. I just I gotta be ready to be disappointed because I know it's coming. I just I got just I gotta get ready for it. Uh, now we're stalling because we don't want to talk about these four cards. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, man. I, I was entertained. Um, didn't like the result of the fight, but, you know, we'll, we'll, the rematch is pretty much inevitable. We, we just need a date. Um, but, nah, man, go, you guys definitely go check that out. Enter, entertaining fight. Um, it, it was every bit as interesting as I thought it would be. Um, so, moving on to uh, all of these other fights that happened. Also, quick side note, I messed up my time clock, so I have no idea what our time is anymore. <laughs> but yeah. 7.30, and that'll do button. it for this episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to record the audio. We recorded for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, apparently, I think I'm the only one who kind of paid Bellator 210. And Actually, you know what? Before I get to Bellator uh, 210... Uh, real quick, um, I mean, we I, I, we told you guys at the very end of last episode, um, if you were a fan of uh, Bellator Italy, we didn't really have much for you, and I'm pretty much going to stick to that. Um, I'll just let you know the main event. Uh, Alessio Sakara got knocked out by uh, Kent Kalpinen. Ka- Ka- I don't know how to say his name. Um, yeah, he knocked him out. It was, it was bad. It was, um, yeah. That's all you need to know. It was bad. He knocked him out. And bad. Yeah. So that happened <laughs> uh, on the Bellator Italy card. I don't even know who else was on that card because literally I just I did not really want to watch it. But uh, that happened. You guys, you guys say sad. We're talking Alessio Sakara. I would have said inevitable. <laughs> I mean, anything that gets us further away from Bellator Coliseum makes me makes me sad. So I see. I apologize. Yeah. Those those, those chances are out of here. I mean, uh, I thought I thought it was weird because the headlines of that fight said uh, Kent uh, shocks Italian crowd. I'm like, you guys were shocked. <laughs> Car got. <laughs> I know he's your hometown guy, but uh, you were shocked that he got knocked out. <laughs> but that happened. Uh, but I will give a couple of mentions to Bellator 210. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch all of this card. Um, I saw it in bits and pieces, so I'll, I'll go over just a little bit that I watched and the small bit that I was able to rewatch. Um, Bellator 210 was headlined by uh, Chidi Njikawani and John Salter. Um, this fight was pretty much Chidi trying to play the outside, but inevitably um, that only lasted but so long. And um, Oh, this fight was also in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Sorry, Thackerville. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Chitty tried to play the outside kickboxing game. It worked for a little bit. It worked until it didn't work. Um, he eventually got taken down, and, you know, if you get on the ground with John Salter, uh, you know, unless you're uh, Lovato Jr., probably not going to go well. He got choked up. Not not really a ton to dissect. Um didn't watch the co-main, but David Rickles beat uh, Guillerme Vasconcelos via unanimous decision. I feel like I saw a clip of David Rickles hacking him, uh, hatching himself from a Yoshi egg. Yeah, we need, to stop. Like we need to, to me. stop. We need to stop with these David Rickles entrances. <laughs> they hurt me. Yeah. They hurt. <laughs> they, they hurt everybody. Yeah, he, he came out from a Yoshi egg, so. That I don't know. He won, so maybe maybe it did something. Maybe there. Oh, you know what? Maybe I hope not. Yoshi never gets another game. Now I was gonna say. Well, go ahead. He, he, I was gonna say like he had he had roids under the egg. Is that a power up? Is that a power up? You gotta hit you know, the block. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something under the egg. But no, he, he got it via a win via unanimous decision. Uh, Christina Williams and uh, Bruna Ellen had a pretty fun fight. Uh, Christina won via unanimous decision. And uh, Juan Archuleta defeated Jeremy Spoon, unanimous decision. But I do want to give a quick shout-out to some of these prelims. Um, Gordy Yamayuchi and Daniel Weichel. Not not the... the I don't know. I, I was hoping for a bloodbath. I don't know why. Didn't really happen like that. It, it was more of a methodical, I guess you would call, fight. Um, you could argue that Weichel won, but they gave uh, Yamauchi the split decision. Um, but So that, that happened. Uh, Joe Schilling, I uh, feel like I haven't seen him in a while, but he defeated Will Morris uh, via TKO. I think Morris, like, I can't remember, he broke like his shoulder. Something, he injured himself somehow. But Joe Schilling was winning the fight. Like Morris was bloody. He was getting need. He was he was getting beat up. Uh, Joe Joe Schilling kind of put it on him, and then he he injured himself and he couldn't continue. Can we talk about uh, how so that Joe Schilling guy, won. Guy. Oh no, go ahead. No, because like wasn't that guy like a lightweight? I have no idea. Like the dude was He's like. Not a, actually say it though. He did he, he did look really small. Like he was a blown <laughs> up lightweight. They dug out of like somewhere. Could have been from Thackerville. <laughs> He looked, he looked like a Thacker. Well, you know, I don't know what Thackerville looks like. That's what I was about to say. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But uh, I, I hope he's okay, though, because he, he, he was really mad at his corner. But pro- and, and actually, you know what? I'm glad we brought this fight up. Props to his cornerman for realizing, like, you're injured, and it's not like one of those injuries that you can be tough and fight through. Because he was arguing with his cornerman, and they were like, no, I can't, I can't send you out here again. We, we need that more. Like we we need more cornermen like that. Let 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 them live the fight another day. Acker um, looks really depressing. Just throwing it out there. I mean, judging. What is, wait, what? What? Acker what? It looks really depressing. That's rude. I mean, I'm just saying what I see, bro. It's a Windstar Casino imagine... hotel and a bunch of buildings in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I was gonna say, I imagine like mass stretches of nothingness, and then there's like a shopping center. It's mass stretches of nothingness, and then hotels. So you can drive to other mass stretches. Yes. We need somebody from Thackerville. We need someone from Thackerville to get on here and defend their turf. <laughs> but uh, the la- the last fight I'll mention uh, before we leave the uh, Bell Twenty Ten, uh, Sean Bunch. Uh, got the biggest win of his career over Joe Warren. Um, put he put it on Joe. He caught Joe with like eighty right hands, and I don't see how Warren didn't see them coming because he kept throwing the same right hand, but it kept landing. So, you know, it, it's kind of like when you play a video game when you were younger and you just spam like the sweep button. Like he he did that with it. <laughs> he he did that with his right hand, and it repeatedly landed. Um, so shout out to Sean Bunch, man. That's a really big win over Warren. Um, we were talking about Warren not being on the main card. Um, I don't know. He, he, got, he got beat up. He got, he got to put but on him. He got put out. I am completely around. justified. Thackerville only has 500 people who live in it. Well, that doesn't mean Jesus anything. They could, they could be 500 really. It could be a hub with just 500 people. Like, it could be like the world's greatest club. But that it's, you like, gotta... it's two highways and then like four streets and that's it. You know what? I don't. I don't approve of this Thackerville. Abuse. The Thackerville army's coming. Yeah, five hundred people marching down the street. Thackerville, that one place in Louisiana that sensation on, and like Calcutta, all the Calcutta India people that we 
<laughs> that never came back to the podcast. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, but that was a that was, that was my Bellator two ten spiel. Um, like I said, I, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of it. But I mean, if you didn't, the fights are on their website. Uh, I think some of them are on the zone also, so you can uh, you know, go go check that out. I did recently uh resubscribe to the zone. I didn't update my payment information, so they took it away from me. But I got it back. Just just so, in time uh, for Canelo Rocky Fielding. Yeah. <laughs> So that was Bellator 210. All right, so here's the, here's the moment of truth because we didn't plan for this. Uh, which which UFC card do we want to talk about first? I know Joey's got a massive yeah. rant in him right now. I got he wants two to get out. One. Which are about what? Which one necessarily? Which one is sooner in the card if we're going top down? Uh, about which, about which, which rant? Because I could rant about everything about this weekend. This was this was a ranty weekend. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the finale. Like I, I actually have nice things to say about the finale. Some nice. Right. Uh, uh, what's happened to that? But I've got, but I've got right. a hell of a, a, I've got a scorcher about this main event. All right. Well, all right. We'll we'll just start there then. <laughs> Top twenty-eight finale uh, went down on. Well, they was at the thirtieth. Um, headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Kamaru Usman. I just thought about something else on this card that pissed me off. Now we're really going to have a whole whole fucking hell of a <laughs> And I close for um, Well, I, I guess I'll um, let me give uh, uh, on a warning or a disclaimer. Um, because we have a, a ton of cards uh, to cover, uh, we will not be able to get to everything like we normally do. So... I'm guessing, like, we'll we'll cover, like, the main card, and then for prelims, if we want to give anybody shout-outs, we'll give them, like, quick mentions. We all but, get one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we can't we can't cover everybody, because it's just, it was, there was literally so much this weekend, we just, we can't get to everybody. But, with that being yeah. said, uh, main event, Kamaru Usman, Rafael Dos Anjos. So, I missed <sighs> most of this card in real time, because I had to work the next morning, so I went to sleep around, like, the prelims. I don't think I made it to the main card. Um, so I didn't get a chance to rewatch really any of these, so I'm just kind of going by, I watched them this morning, and I'm going by what I did see, like, the one time I got a chance to watch these fights. Um, Usman Dos Anjos, this fight went the way I thought it did, and it didn't at the same time. So, of course, I spoiled the result for myself, like, I woke up in the morning to see who won, and I saw that Usman won, like, a pretty dominant decision. And for some reason in my head, and even though it kind of did happen, I thought it was going to be, because the scores were 50-43, 49-45. Somebody threw in a 48-47. I don't, Take I don't know. Take that what judge there. and <laughs> to the moon. Like I, like, I like RDA too, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> for some reason, I, I envisioned RDA getting beat up a lot more. I mean, he did get beat up, but I guess in my head, when I saw 50-43, I was like, oh, oh man, he must have got knocked worth... down. Yeah, I thought something like he got taken down. Because <laughs> like I watched the first round this morning, I was like, I mean, he might have lost the first round, but he didn't look that bad. Like it was, it was okay. He he tried. Like it was it was something there. Um, but no, nah, this this fight like it was it was kind of I guess what you would expect. Like kind of like the Colby fight. It was a lot of pressure on um, Usman's part. 
pressure, takedowns, ground and pound. Um, like Dos Anjos, for, he had small moments on the feet, but he wasn't really able to stay there too long. Um, yeah, like it's not really a ton to dissect. Like he, I think it did get worse towards the end of the fight. Like there was, uh, what round? I want to say, like, round, around, like, three or four was, like, really, really dominant for Usman. Like, he did take him down and kind of, like, beat him up. Like, it was, I don't even remember RDA, like, really landing literally, like, a punch. (laughs) But, I don't know. Like, it it wasn't, it it was just kind of like a moment. Like, he took him down, he beat him up, he put pressure on RDA for five rounds. And that was kind of it. Like, I I don't have a ton to really... I, I, it was kind of weird because I, I read a headline after this fight was over that um they were, <laughs> apparently they're thinking of bypassing Kobe to give Usman the title shot, which you know I I don't know I don't know if I really feel one way or another about it, but I don't know seeing seeing this performance from Usman as dominant as it was, it doesn't give me I I don't look at this and think yeah he'll beat Woodley. I, I, I don't I don't see it. Not saying it won't be a challenge, not saying it he might not make it competitive, but I don't this doesn't give me the impression that he can go beat Woodley. I, I think he could beat Colby, but I don't I don't I don't think he beats Woodley. But I mean it was a dominant performance. He just put pressure on him and just kinda of beat him up for five rounds. But it it wasn't you know. I I don't know. I, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> um, I didn't watch this fight live. Like my my the director at the library I work at retired on Friday, so I was at her retirement party, and then I went out with um my direct boss and like some of my coworkers. So I I didn't catch this live. I didn't stay up till one o'clock in the morning to watch twenty five minutes of Kamaru Usman down uh, uh, like. And so I watched it the next morning. I'm like, yeah, no, this is fine, whatever. This is, this is just kind of what I expected. Um, yeah, there's not a whole bunch, like, technically to get into. Like, Usman seems to be a little bit more comfortable throwing punches now. Doesn't seem very comfortable finishing on the feet, though. He, he really wants to get guys down, get on top, um, you know, suffocate them from there. Um... His coaches were begging him to go out there and get the finish in the fifth round. And I know another dude who was begging him to go out there and get the finish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, and you could see at times him put like, it was the the frustrating thing for me about Usman is like with Colby Covington, and I, it, it pains me to say this because I hate Colby Covington, like. You can tell his foot is on the pedal the entire fight. Like, we might want more from him, but, like, the the pace never dissipates. But with Usman, it feels like he, he, he's kind of playing, like, you know, stop and go. Um, th- there are times where, like, he gets an advantage, and you're like, oh, my God, he's so, like, he's he's right there. And then, like, all of a sudden, he, hits the, he pumps the brakes, like... It is really weird. So, 
Yeah, he, he had a couple of moments in like the I think it was the last round where he was he was teeing off on RDA, like he was actually throwing and landing and like it was not looking good for RDA at all. And then he, I don't know, like he'll get an advantage and then he's just kind of content with all right, I'm beating you up, but I'm just gonna go back to my takedown and just you know, kind kind of do that. Right, game. like if it, 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 like I don't know if it's a caution thing. I don't know if he's afraid of like gassing, punching himself out, giving the other guy a chance to, like, get back in the fight. I don't know if it's just, like, a mental block where he's like, okay, I got my offense in. Like, it, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cool it. Or, like, what, what the deal is, but, uh, this should, like, for, like, going back again, like, this should be, like, a big deal, and, like, because RDA is a very, very good fighter, even at welterweight. Right. But it, it kind of just got, we just kind of come away feeling like we did when Darren Till beat Wonder Boy or when Kobe beat um, Maya. Like, you just kind of feel like, uh. Yeah. And like, real, real quick before Joey tears this to shreds, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I don't want to like downplay Usman because he he's really talented. I think it's just one of those things where like I think we feel like we know like where he could be, and we just want like more. I don't know. We we we're, we're, we're like spoiled kids, but like we we know like the I don't say we know his ceiling, but we feels like there's like another level that he could get to, and it's just like we want to see him take that leap. And it just feels like he's not letting himself. It's not that he's not getting better, but it's just it still seems like something's off. And you just you leave just kind of like ah, I thought I was gonna get a little more. But then again, like I said, I don't want to downplay what he did because it it this fight was very one sided. Like it, it it was as dominant as a fight could get without getting a finish. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those where it was like I. I think if he would have got a finish, it would have made it more, much more satisfying. Like, it would have put a, a bigger stamp at the end of the fight. Um, but, Joey, I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you get your shots off. Okay. So, first and foremost, let's get the obvious out of the way. The obvious is that Kamaru Usman dominated a really good opponent, looked good doing it, put on a pretty, you know, a pretty dominant, you know, dominant performance. Here's the problem I have, and it's not entirely him. The top four or five of this division is the same fucking guy. It's Colby Covington, Siren Woodley, it's Kamaru Usman, and now it's Ben Askren. They're all neutralizers. <laughs> they're all neutralizers in different ways, but they're all neutralizers. Covington is going to pressure you, he's going to point fight you into a good distance against the cage, and there's going to be a clinch. Woodley, he's going to fight with his back to the cage. When you come inside, he's going to clinch to stop your takedowns or whatever the case may be. Occasionally, he'll fire off probably the best. He has basically the best single punch in, in MMA next to Connor's left. So he, occasionally, he'll do that. Ben Askren, same deal. Push you against the fence, get your back, ride you, act like you're a horse, you know, ground and pound, whatever the case may be. And um, Usman is like a Covington, except instead of being a pitter-patter, Kamar Usman can throw heat. He's got good boxing. I'm a fan of his. I, I thought the uppercut he added to his game was really good because he gave RDA tons of problems with that uppercut. But they're all the same guy. 
And they're all fighting at, like, midnight. And the, at some point, they're going to ask me to pay $60 to watch this guy fight Woodley, or to watch Covington fight Woodley, or to watch Covington fight Usman. And there's no element of danger. At no point in this fight that I think, okay, RDA is going to be out of here soon. And I get the same feeling watching Colby Covington fight. When he starts fighting better competition, it's like, all right, this isn't going anywhere. You know, Brian Barbarena, Damian Maya, RDA, all basically the same kind of fight. Woodley has, Woodley has an element of danger, but it's so infrequent. He's only got one finish since beating Robbie Lawler. It's like, we got to, you know, you're, if you're asking people to pay money to see you fight, the element of danger could never have been more prevalent in Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. It was always there. And, okay, they're heavyweights. But still, this is a division that was run by Robbie Lawler, the king of element of danger. And I feel like every time I'm here talking about a welterweight fight, it's like, yeah, it went to a decision. or And decisions aren't bad. A decision doesn't mean a bad fight the same way that a finish doesn't mean a good fight. But you're watching these fights, and there's never a moment where you're like, I can't wait till we watch that again. Or I can't wait to see that guy fight again. So at this point, this division is the same guy fighting each other to, to no end. What would Woodley versus Covington probably look like? It's probably going to be a fight in the clinch against the cage, right? Unless Woodley gets Covington out like that. They're going to fight again. They're going to fight in the clinch. Same thing goes for Usman Covington. It's like they're all the same fight. And I don't want to like, I don't want to be up until 1 a.m. watching this. I, I can be a critic, which I often try to be, a fair critic, and point out how much I enjoyed the performance from Usman, and I can be a consumer and point out that I don't want to see this. I especially don't want to see it at 1 a.m. So at the same time this is happening, I told the Anticold this story, I have to tell it now. The sports sound off is two dudes. It's me and Alex. Alex does the soccer, he does occasional baseball he, he got me into it because he loved MMA, and we were kind of going to do it together. And then I kind of took over it the same way that I morph over everything. So he got me into this, this sport. Now, he did get me into the sport, and he got me into writing about it. And I cover these cards for him because he asked me to. And because we're best friends, I'd do anything for him. I've never disliked him more than I did during that main event. <laughs> because on ESPN, there was the Nuggets and the Blazers having like a down-to-the-wire 113-113 shootout with like a minute left. And I'm like, I could watch the end of this game or I could watch the next three rounds of Usman, uh, RD, uh, of Usman RDA. And I chose the latter because I made a commitment to my friend. And now our friendship is irreparably damaged. <laughs> and it, will, it, will, it will never be the same. I will look at him sideways. And like, like, should there ever come a moment where we have like that last final text between one another, like the meteor is coming, I'm just going to be like, do you fucking remember that fight? Because you didn't cover it, I did. And then like, boom. So I like, I have nothing against Kamara Usman. I really, like I've been saying Usman beats Woodley since like 2016. I believe it. I believe he's the best welterweight. God damn, someone give me a finish. Somebody give me something exciting. I, I'm a consumer too. I'm a fan. I'm a critic. But I'm also a guy you're asking to pay $4.99 a month or $60 a month. Give me something. Especially on these marathon finale cards that last 
13 years. Moses got through the desert in less time than some of these shows. <laughs> That's all I got on this one. Now, there are other things I can yell about about this card, but we'll, we'll just get that one out of the way. So there you go. You know what? I, I, think, I think that's a good spot to leave it at. I'm I don't, so I don't really have anything right else. Now. I'm sweating. I'm <laughs> physically, like, ill. Like, I'm question. actually going to text him right now and tell him. Question. What's up? Uh, remember that year the UFC came on at 9 o'clock? Like, yeah, 2011. I don't know. I feel so far removed from that that I died. My, my, my question oh. is... Did the ratings and the, the, the buy rate go down or something? They blamed the buy rate going down on 2011 on it dropping an hour. And you know what? Since I yelled at Alex, I got to yell at Stokes. Stokes lives in California, and that's partially his area that has this this extra hour that we got to stay up for. So, Stokes, you're in the bad books as well. Um... <laughs> Wait, so they blamed 2011. The the year I'm like hold up if I'm remembering this right it was either eleven or twelve all right yeah the year that Brock Lesnar only fought once and when he did fought they stuck his card on a Friday on a Friday yeah and they blamed that for the pay per view going yep. down. So that he was like, I keep getting Dana's exact words was like, I keep getting people from the West Coast complaining that they. They're, like, just getting out of work and can't see this card or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, it's 1 a.m. It's 12.30. Kamaru Usman is not going to change what he's doing. Because it's successful. Why would he? I don't blame him. But, and then there are people who are just like, uh, uh, what was it? Like, oh, this isn't this isn't glory. The wrestling's part of the game. Of course wrestling's a part of MMA. It's the dullest part of MMA, if you're being fair. Actually, you know what? Wrestling isn't the dumbest part of isn't the dullest part of MMA. The dullest part of MMA is clinch fighting against the cage, which happens to be what all of these guys at 170 like to do. I like. It's a part of the game. We accept it, but so is bunting. It doesn't mean that I want to see a game full of bunts. Yeah, I would, because that'd be funny. Yeah, well, that's you're different. You're you're a strange man. You're, I was gonna say I actually wouldn't. You're all strange. You're all strange. <laughs> I wouldn't want to so see an NBA game full of free throws. How about that? Is that a better, more apt, comfortable comparison for you, weirdos? Uh, that game would never end. I, this I card a... never ended. It may still be going on. There, there was a Markel Fultz joke in there somewhere that I just didn't want to leave that poor guy alone. Man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's gone through enough. I'm just saying, no, like, I, 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 it's not Usman's fault. I'm not mad at Usman. He's doing the best. I don't, actually, I don't even know if he's doing the best what he can, because I think he can do even better. It's just, like... Yeah, I, I think that's the consensus. Like, we, we, I think we all feel like there's there's something else there. And it's just... He can fix I guess we thought you were... No doubt he can yeah. Like, Colby Covington, I don't want to be mean, because there are, like, legitimate Covington fans. They wind up in my... Well, I don't know what you call it, Like, my box all the time that we're always too mean about Colby Covington. Like, Colby Covington probably cannot finish a dude on the feet. He doesn't have that skill. Usman hits hard, and he's pretty damn accurate when he gets a guy against the fence. Do a little more. A little, a little Go kill him, man. I feel like we're not mean Go. enough about Colby Covington. But that's just me. I mean, I'm like <laughs> ranting for, like, Colby Covington, Alex, my best friend in the world. I threw him in there. Stokes I threw in there happily, happily into the fire pit. Like, I mean, Stokes feeds yeah. off it, so it's fine. 
I know he's a, he's a he's a he's that kind of guy. Um, you know, everybody a else. Lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil. I don't know, but they 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 do the same in basketball, making us stay up to ten thirty to, you know. But those if games my Spurs I'm... are playing like. <laughs> I was gonna say like if my Spurs are playing Golden State. I have to stay. Well, I never stay up to ten. I'm not. I'm not staying up to ten thirty to watch that. But... but those are West Coast games. Like I get it. Those technically, like I get it. Now you're gonna say, well, Nevada's on the West Coast. Well, they do it if it's in like New York. It's a ten o'clock start time if you're on like the east of East Coast. Just there's oh. no reason. It's unnecessary. It's it's harmful. It's hurting me. I I feel like I feel like I was abused. I wish everything was just on Fight Pass so I could just go back and make it really easy to rewatch like the next day. Oh man! And then it's like that's that's that's, that's another whole. And I cool. In, but and I mean, and say in fairness, would you pay sixty dollars to see Woodley uh, Usman? Man, I'm I'm paying well, sixty dollars to see the good fights, bro. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not fair for me to answer that question because the Point only card that I'm fucking pirate. Well, is... <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say in my defense, I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna come out of pocket for this Holloway uh or take Same. Card. If I that's, if that's probably good. If I'm so, uh, God damn it. Oh, I'm gonna be on the West Coast for this card. Shit. So now, so you know what that those, that time where you're on the West Coast, you and I are not gonna talk. We <laughs> it's, it's gonna start at eight o'clock, and I'm gonna feel really weird. Like I do every, oh, like I do every time there's a fox card, and it starts at eight o'clock. I'm like, yeah. I, I get out of work and I get home, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is the the, the fights start, start for like another two hours? Well, that actually, that, you know that, what? That, that just to wrap oh. that up, I have no beef with the West Coast people. It's not the people; it's the organization that has decided that an extra hour is the total difference between utter business chaos and a financial windfall. So it's not you guys. You guys on the West Coast, except for Stokes. He, he's the only guy. You see what we need to do is we need to go on Twitter, find all the people in Boston who have like the little Boston Red Sox hats on their like on their Twitter profiles and have them tweet at Dana because then he'll listen. Yeah, there you go. What if we find the mob boss that chased Dan around? <laughs> Whitey's dead, though. Yeah, well, yeah, did he just get killed in jail or something? Yeah, like uh, I think Whitey, Whitey, uh, Whitey's gone, no? Nah, uh, right, so he can't, he can't do it. Yeah, he's got to have a predecessor somewhere. Somebody protege. Dana. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that that was Usman Ardi in a nutshell. Like it, it was a dominant performance, but I, I just. Could have been a little more to be desired, but not. I don't want to shade him too much. It, it still was a dominant performance. Like, oh no! Like yeah, no absolutely. Doubt about it who, was a dominant who, performance. Who. He deserves all the credit in the world. He did what he could. He did his job. His job is not to. Yeah. His job is to win the fight. Yeah. It is not to directly entertain me. And if they give him the nod over Colby, I'm not mad. Well, well deserved. Go 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 out there and. It's tripping know. me out that one of these judges gave this fight a forty-eight, forty-seven, and the other 40, one gave him. Yeah, I have a no... fifty, forty-three. <laughs> yeah, all sides of the spectrum. Uh, like the first two yeah. rounds, I think you can kind of maybe see a little bit of an avenue for RDA, but three, four, and five were at least ten nine, if not a few ten eights. So what were you looking at, fella? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But moving on, we 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 could rant about that forever. 
the, uh, the new young boy on the block, a heavyweight. Yeah, man. Juan, Juan, Juan Espino and Justin Fraser. <laughs> which one? Which one? Juan, like thirty-eight. Juan is thirty-eight. He is a thirty-eight-year-old grappler from Spain. Juan tough. And this is why we don't have heavyweight hey, seasons. Hey man, but shout shout, shout out to Juan. He, he came in there. You know what? You know what? I was appreciative. Juan got this fight over with really quick. Yeah, thank and I God. Was very for, thank God for Juan. I was very thankful. He he came in, he he came in, and and, and I don't I don't watch tough, so like I, I didn't know who any of these people were. Well, not from the heavyweight. The women's I actually didn't know because some of them fought in Invictus, so I knew them, but I didn't know who Juan was or Justin Frazier. But Juan came in, he got the takedown, and uh, he I think we were like an arm lock, some uh, uh, something like that. Lock, yeah, right. Yeah, he got a key lock yeah. from, like, psych, not side control, like side. Yeah, control. he basically just, he took him down. He worked for his submission until he got it. Like, it was a very there, there heavyweight wasn't submission. A... It was a very heavyweight submission. Oh, yeah, it was like a straight yeah. arm lock. Like... Yeah. <laughs> but he, he, he went in there, and he got it done quick. So thank you, Juan, um, for making a quick heavyweight fight. Because heavyweight fights that tend to go outside of round one sometimes don't go so well. Um, you got a lot of love for you. So... Yeah, so appreciate you, Juan, man. You you did you did a good deed, whether you know it or not, man. We we appreciate you. Um, he, but yeah, not not really a ton to break down that fight. I will say Justin Frazier looks like um, a more in shape version of Fred Nelson. <laughs> when he was talking, like uh, first off, Justin Frazier has a pretty tremendous story. Like his son, he does, he does. But goddamn, does that guy sound like he's straight out of Squidbillies? So, <laughs> I hope Justin Frazier has a oh. long UFC career. He seems like a very, very, very nice guy. Just a very. Why did I used to side rant? I used to. I don't know why I used to watch that show, and I hated it. But I liked oh it. God. But I hated it. <laughs> it was one of those things where like I cut it on and I was like I don't know why I'm watching this but I can't turn you away. know what show I was like about that like I had a friend I hated Squidbillies and he was a big fan of Squidbillies but I was a big fan of uh, of Tom Goes to the Mayor and they would like air right after one another so we had like respective beefs about that <laughs> like what was the better just... the better really awful show there are just some shows like I that I couldn't watch Tom Goes to the Mayor because it just hurt my eyes but when I did, it would make me laugh. So take that for what it's worth. It's got yeah, the stamp of approval. Just, just some shows like that. Uh, moving on to the the women, um, who actually I did know both of them because they both fought an Invicta. Um, Macy, is it Chia Song? Chia Song? I'm gonna butcher every name. Uh, I'm gonna say Macy Kia song because I like how that sounds. It wasn't the one that I thought it was, which was Chasen. So <laughs> Macy Kia song, Panny Kianzad. Um, God, I only watched this fight once, so my memory is evading me. But Macy's a pretty tall featherweight. Five eleven. Um, yeah, she's a yeah. Lot of, I remember a lot of clinch work, um, a lot of like knees and stuff in the clinch. Uh, she just seemed so much, just kind of bigger than Kenza, and like she put on a lot of pressure too. That 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 didn't uh, make make life for Panny really any easier. And 
the finish was uh was really slick how uh panty had went pretty much she she was pretty much losing the fight uh, i think it was fair to say because she had got dropped with a right hand and it, it, it wasn't looking too good she throws up like a last hail mary arm bar and she doesn't get it and but like kia son is like flat on the stomach and she gets out of it and goes to take panties back and gets a rear naked choke um <clears throat> so that, that was a pretty cool finish um it's it's so god it's so hard for me to like because I, I i think macy's a good fighter like i, I like her game I, I like like how she fought but like featherweight it's it's almost kind of like flyweight now where it's like i can't really bring myself to get too excited because i'm like i don't know how long you guys are really gonna be here for so it's like i don't it's almost like what like what does this mean like <laughs> i don't you know not 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 that i'm looking at macy like oh she's like a cyborg killer but like she she's a solid fighter and like you know I, I wouldn't mind seeing her fight again but it's like you're at featherweight and i just i i don't know really what your future is but i mean for the for the moment good performance um i i, I enjoyed the finish it was a nice like i said she went from the almost being armbar to getting out to taking a kenzo's back and choking her out but I don't know. I just kind of hung my head because I'm like, I don't really know where you're gonna be after this. I, but good, good performance. I, I don't think that they're uh, like. I think they think Cyborg's leaving. Yeah. Re- uh, yeah. Like. So do you, do you think they'll keep it nah. around there? Like I actually do. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I do because I don't think they want the. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to sound rude. Here it comes. Uh, if they get rid of if they get if they, relax, relax, relax. Let me get this out. <laughs> if they get rid of a male weight class, I don't think anybody cares. But I think there would be like sexism uproars if they got rid of you know women's one forty five. I think once you commit to it, you commit to it, so you're stuck with it. Well, the good part of that is they never really committed to one forty five. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Um, like going back to like the tough tryout, like. Everything I heard from there was like, yeah, no, they only wanted like bloated 135ers. And then you look at the roster, it's like Leah Ladson is somebody who fought at both, but she can fight at 135. Um, Penny Kianzad, someone who could fight at 135. 135. Better suit her um, for 135. Yeah. Uh, Maris, uh, Marcia Allen, 135er. Um, like, How did she do on uh, that? She lost in like, the first round, I think. I want to say. Cause she was someone who I, I was keeping an yeah. eye on. Well, obviously I didn't watch the show, but yeah, she lost to. Um, <laughs> oh. I was keeping an eye on that, you know, to be honest. <laughs> well, like, like I, I knew, I knew of her before Tough started, and I, I thought I was, I was hoping that she would do. Yeah, well. no, she lost in the first round to Julija uh, Stoyarenko, the woman who Stoyarenko, fought, um, yeah. who fought Leo Letson on this card. Um, like Larissa Pacheco is somebody who could probably fight at one thirty-five. Um, I like I'm hearing contradictory stuff about that, but Katharina Leonard um, is a 135er. Like the like I I don't know anything about Bea Maleki other than like she was a Muay Thai fighter in Sweden. Like I don't know if she's like an actual 145er, but like Macy Chiasen was the Chasen was the only 145er on the show. Like straight up. No, like legit, like legit. Yeah, lo and like, behold. And lo and behold, she knocks out everybody or submits everybody she faces and wins the show. But, which <laughs> is good in the sense that, like, 
you know, she's a big woman on the show. She should be winning. Um, even if she is like really inexperienced. Like I think like the Kienza fight was her third professional fight. So, you know, like I, I, there are probably more. There's probably more talent at women's featherweight now than there has been since like Chris Cyborg and Gina Carano were coming up. And yeah, that's a good thing, but I don't know where they're all going to be housed. Yeah, it seems like everybody's just kind of scattered just randomly around places, and the UFC's just, you know, you, you're grabbing the little bit of handful, I guess, that you can get right. and hope that it leads to something. Right. But I think um, Cyborg is going to. Is, her fight after Nunes will be in a boxing ring. I don't know if it'll be against Cecilia Breakhouse straight away, but I think that's the fight she wants in the future. So she'll be working towards that. But, uh, so, yeah, that was uh, Macy and Kianza. Uh, uh, or, Joey, I don't know if you had any, any thoughts on... Uh, no, I, on well, the... actually I do. Well, not, not many, but a brief one. And that's that... Um, I tend to be very harsh of the higher women's weight classes, and I thought this was a perfectly fine, good fight. So, and I thought the other 145-pound fight was pretty entertaining. So, um, I don't know if this division is long, long. I, I believe it's going to be around, but uh, if if uh, if it sticks around, uh, I'm excited to see how Chieson, uh continues to improve i thought she showed I, I that was the kind of fight you need to see a prospect get tested in and she got tested in and did amazing throughout and like, nothing but good things to say about it so i don't want to hear that i'm only negative i have nice things to say about that there we go you guys understand for joey that is an extreme compliment <laughs> yeah. now i feel personally attacked. i feel personally attacked. <laughs> the, the most interesting thing to me is if they struggle signing 135ers like, where the hell are they going to pull 145ers from? Because, like, all the top, like, half the top 10 is in Bellator. Like, I guess they could sign Felicia Spencer. But even in this. Now is the time you got this performing institute. Go out there, find some female wrestlers, find some female jujitsu experts, get some, <laughs> get some, you know, get, we've discussed this, get some women's basketball athletes, get some women's soccer players. See if they, hey, look, you want to, we'll pay for you to train. And, you know, instead of trying to scrap and make money on a career that might not exist, you can come here, potentially be Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I just have this vision of some shady guy sitting at, like, a college game in, like, a black hoodie, <laughs> and he's sitting in the tunnel. <laughs> like, wait, he's waiting for a player. To, like, hey, hey, come over here real quick. Got, like, a cigarette dangling from his mouth. This is not the kind of image I wanted to suggest. You know who would have been probably good for this role? Like, this recruitment role? Misha Tate. Because people seem to like her. Like, the women who work with her. But she's busy. Then you well, he'll do it. Uh, 
it would be great. You this can't, could you can't be, not this like could actually be where, honestly, though, this could be where DC could really do, like, if you think about it, Cormier is probably the best suited guy. Cormier definitely has a good sales pitch. I definitely see Cormier as a good sales pitch guy. Who would be the most? If, 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 he, if he brings you in a meeting and he's got time to do the PowerPoint, you're getting blown. <laughs> <laughs> and you see the way he you know, that fucking PowerPoint's going to be on, on fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's. He's been waiting for this. <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I hope, I hope, I hope Featherweight, that, I, I want to believe there's some kind of plan, I, but sometimes I feel like they're just winging it, but I, I hope it just, it leads to something. So, I, I just, I want people to have a home and be able to fight and not just be scattered around and having trouble fight, finding opponents and it, you know. Yeah, like. Life is hard as it is. This sport can't rely on. Here we go. The sport cannot rely just on women who want to like lose weight or want to learn self defense. Like it needs athletes in it too. You know right. what I mean? Absolutely. Why are they grabbing the Taekwondo people like Bellator son? Where's the UFC going? <laughs> Bellator signed some Taekwondo. I don't know her name. I forgot her name. We mentioned. Let's be one hundred percent honest as to why that woman got signed. Because. I don't even know. Judging by judging by the social media response, it's not about their feelings on Taekwondo. So there this is the same thing basically on a lesser degree to the Heather Hardy thing where they, they signed her because she's a great fighter and then it was like like the Heather Hardy like I think what did Jordan Breen like I think Jordan Breen kinda of pointed out that it was like it morphed into like she's hot, so She's hot, therefore. I mean, that's, like, that's been Bellator's whole building of the flyweight division, really. Like, they, they signed these women who are like one and one or two and one. And they're kind of just, like, attractive. Like, they're not, like, I'm not saying anything about, like, they're, like, I don't know how good they are as, like, prospects, you know, but, God, who's the woman, um, crap, what's her name for it? Uh, oh, they, they, go ahead, like, the Russian, are you talking about the Russian chick they signed, like, three years ago, where they, like, babied up the rankings, and... Yeah, Bear too, but, um... Oh, it's a the, different one. I'm, like... Jessica Middleton, Emily Ducati, okay, I think Rebecca Ruth beat her. And it was somebody who, I, like, you could tell they were putting a lot of promotion behind. I love they, that we can, we can hear all the keys going at once. All right. <laughs> I was, no, it wasn't Rebecca Ruth. Okay, well, there we go. There go all of our leads. No, yeah. like, I, like I, her name is on like it's, it was a Brazilian woman. Yeah. But point point being, like Coker is not out here signing. Uh, was it Bruno Vargas? It was Bruno Vargas, who came into Bellator like two and zero. Oh. Which you know, is better than what I said, but, like, she didn't get signed because she's a great fighter. And she might be, but, like, this is kind of what Coker did in uh, Strike Force. Which, you know, like look. It worked out a lot better back then than it did there's now. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> as long as you're not, like, as long as it's not super exploitive, I think that there's nothing yeah. wrong with Because, look. People look good. Sage Northcutt, part of his part of his mystique is the fact that he's like a, a, a I believe the New York Times or the New York Daily News referred to him as like a mindless Ken doll. That's so, that's 
that that's yeah, that's all that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> they said the downfall of the, the Kindle. I was like, oh, you get it. Yeah, something like that, right? See, I'm yeah, not the only one right? Yeah, like sl- sl- slandering the the pureness of of of, of the goat. <laughs> like, like, we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say like all that played the factor. So yeah, and it's it's important to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. We know we know what it is. Um, but I, I, hopefully featherweight sticks around. That's. I mean, it will. Just it might not be in the UFC. Yeah. Well, 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 all, all I'm saying uh, is I'm looking forward to uh, Missy Jason fighting. Um, Gabby Garcia and Ryzen. There we go. Ryzen always have a home for you. <laughs> Ryzen doesn't turn away anybody. If you get turned away from Ryzen, something's really wrong. <laughs> like this, like this isn't this just isn't for you. Are you, you missing? Are you missing like fingers or? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, next fight going down the list: Pedro Munoz and Brian Caraway. Um, Poor Brian. I don't know if it. <laughs> <laughs> like I went from hating this man to just feeling like ridiculously sorry for him. So did y'all y'all watch this fight, right? Yeah. yeah. I, what, what am I weird in thinking it was strange? Like what Caraway's game plan yes. was? No, you're not weird at all. He, it was. I weird. mean, you're not weird. On one hand, as a fan, I'm entertained because I'm like, oh, he's 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 just getting right to it. Like we're not wasting time. We're just we're coming out here throwing caution to the wind. And then I sat and thought about it for a little bit. I'm like, why are you brawling with him? Like, I don't think Brian Caraway thought he had other <laughs> options, to be honest. Yeah, I think like his his reality was like, well, if I take this guy to the ground, he's probably going to submit me. And I, if I try to box, it was like he board. didn't. I guess that was it. He didn't. All right, whatever. You want to just stand with him? All right, cool. But he didn't even take like a methodical approach. It was just like I'm just going to come out here and I'm just. He fought like he was trying to win in the first round because he didn't know what else to do. Slanging and banging, baby. <laughs> like, he just came out swinging and it worked, but it didn't work. Like, he, he landed some <laughs> shots and then he ended up taking some shots and he was I bleeding. I think the best and... part was, yeah, Pedro Munoz was like, cool, you want to do this? That's fine. Right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, man, they, they just... They just stood and banged, but Caraway did not end up on the uh the the good end of the stick. He uh he ended up catching some hands and then he got I I guess the kick caught him in his stomach. It looked like it. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell. Like I, I'm I'm gonna guess it was like his toes because he didn't really like catch his shin or anything. So I'm gonna guess like cause, like the camera angle you kind of you you saw the kick but you couldn't see like all of it. So I'm gonna assume that like Munoz's like toes or something caught Caraway in the midsection. He immediately dropped, um, got beat up, got caught a little bit of ground and pound and that was that was it. But yeah, it was just weird to see Caraway just kinda he just went for an all out brawl and it just it did not work out. But Just um, Pedro Munoz like- for not dropping to the guillotine. Yeah, they got for that, huh? <laughs> I think I think we harassed that one enough. We had to discuss that twice. I think the podcast would have been canceled. Oh boy, but no, that, I'm 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 happy for Munoz, man. He's a uh, I think he was from LFA. Yeah, RFA one Oh, he was from RFA yeah. before they even made the turn. So, yeah, yeah. So, the last time I was on here, we discussed how like uh, we discussed uh, God, what was the fight? It was. Uh, 
Hawk Parast against the other dude. And, uh, uh, yeah. And and I said that it was a real dick move that Hawk Parast like kept kicking him in the body, even though like he was probably we like dying internally, and how that's kind of a dick move. Uh, Pedro Munoz <laughs> did not mean it. But after you ruin a guy with a body shot that could have potentially have been low, don't fucking pick him up and put him on your shoulders so that you're like shaking his body around and walking around with him. That's kind of a <laughs> He's in pain. Because like if I get kicked in the balls, the last thing I want to do is have some dude hoist me up so that my 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 tender lower region is now precariously like right. against his neck where he could like hurt me again. You know, it's like I appreciate your sportsmanship, but bro, I'm I'm, I'm hurt. Right I think now. he said it to me as well because his the cage mic went dead when he was saying something to him. <laughs> Probably like put me fucking down, my body hurts. <laughs> he starts cussing him out. <laughs> Don't want your pity. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was that fight. My favorite, like I'm watching um, the replay at the end now, and he kicks him twice in the body once. That forces him down, and the other one is just like he grabs. He literally grabs his guts, and then he gets mad at the referee for not calling like the low blow. And Jimmy Smith, by the way, did not have his best night. Uh, trampled all over that. Like when he first got hurt to the body, he was just like, I think he's trying to like he was kept going on like it never registered to him that he was hurt. Yeah. So bad night for Jimmy. Well, he was he was absolutely on point about one thing, but bad night overall. Oh yeah, he was. Furious <laughs> isn't the word. Enraged. Um, okay, so um, now that I'm reading this in real time, I, I have to depend on you guys for the next fight because I'm realizing I did not watch it. <laughs> is it. Is it the Shabazian one? It, it, hard it's pass. Edmund, yeah, I did not. Edmund Tarverdian's protege. Move on, hard pass. Uh, okay. Anakul, um, do you have anything uh, you want to uh, say about that 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 uh, that deal? Uh, Edmund went from training, you know, world class boxers to training world class wrestlers. So it is what it is. <laughs> Edmund Shabazian beat Darren the Dennis Stewart by split. Um, for those who care, it was a throwback fight to like 2006. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically it. Yeah, I I can't confirm nor deny these claims, so I'm gonna take their word for it because I did not. I realized I did not watch. It was just, it was, yeah, it was a clinch fight with one guy who doesn't know how to get out of the clinch, and another dude who is a striker trying to wrestle to get his face beaten in. Edmund Shabazian is 21 years old. He probably had like a the sports equivalent of a panic attack because he came out and immediately started wrestling, and then was like, "Fuck, I'm really tired, but I don't know why." And then, and then he was like, "Well, fuck, this guy's hit me really hard, and I kind of don't have anything in my arms to strike, so we're just gonna wrestle." And it was a, it was a mess. It was a big poopy. All right. <laughs> well, we'll quickly uh, speed through some of these other ones because we still got a whole nother card. Well, we only got one more left. Um, on the main card. Okay. It's, and. Oh, yeah. Uh, Antonina uh, Shevchenko and Ji Young Kim. For those who don't know, Antonina is the sister of uh, Valentina. Um, I mean, it was a, a decent fight. I don't remember this in ton of detail. Like, I, I don't think I was, like, wowed by... Um... <laughs> All I remember about this fight don't is going to lead to another make, thing. So. 
Don't make me sound bad. No, I'm not. No, it's not, even, it's not about the fight. It's like it's about somebody uh, outside the cage during the fight. Sounding uh, like Mario doing yeah. a double jump the whole time, like. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't remember like being wild by Antonina, but like she, like it, it was a silent performance. Like she definitely, like I, I don't think it's a, a debate as to like who won. Um, she she put on a solid, you know. I guess like kickboxing performance, good good clinch work, uh, good good counters. Not, I don't think she ever like really rocked her or anything, but it it was a solid performance. Like she won every round. She 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 did what she needed to do to get her uh her her debut win. But you know, but I I do I'm I'm interested in seeing her again. Like I just kind of want to see how she progresses, like how far she can go. Cause I I didn't like watch any of her. I know of her credentials, but I never like went back to like watch any of her fights. So I don't know how this compares to what like what she may have done in the past. I'm, I'm not really it's sure. Pretty much in line with what she does. Like she's yeah. a par- she's a pared down version of her sister, and her sister's already like a really pared down fighter who relies on like a, a handful of weapons to get the job done. So uh, like I. It, it it was about what you would expect if you had seen any of her previous fights. Like she picked apart a fighter who literally just threw the overhand right for fifteen minutes. Uh, like like she tagged her once, I think. Uh, Kim tagged Shevchenko. Right. But and GR that, Kim's not a bad fighter. She's but, not. But this was not no. a not a good performance by her, and she missed weight by like an absurd amount. Like four pounds. Yeah, she was came in at like one thirty, I think. Yeah, so uh, props to Shevchenko for getting the win. Like, I don't, I don't. Uh, I, I, like now I feel weird about like card placement and stuff, but like, well, you know, you're gonna have two tough fights on the main card, and we 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 see like the varying degrees of which those are like good. Like, tough, what was the last one? Tough twenty seven. Which had right. like two of the worst tough fights ever. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, put some action fights on at the bottom of the main card. Yeah, because like Aguilar and Glenn and Benavidez Perez, either one of those, I think, could have. I, I mean, I, I understand giving Antonino the showcase spot, like, because technically, like, if you look at these tough cards, the peak normal or just the UFC cards in general nowadays, the peak normally happens like two fights into the main card. So I get that <clears> they were trying to showcase some people. But um, the Shabazzian fight was a dud, and Antonina did what she could. I don't have any beef with Antonina. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it wasn't like a it wasn't a bad performance. It I don't want to get that. Like, it wasn't a. And it was made worse by hearing Valentina Shevchenko scream a shriek every time that they're like a Zubat every time that there was an action <laughs> in this fight. Hey, man, she, she had to let, let her know she was doing good. And there was someone shrieking during the Penny Kianzad, like for Kianzad, whenever she did anything. It was like a high-pitched, like, I think we need to start talking about banning high-pitched quarter. Keep like, Florian, <laughs> we don't need you. Um, You're trying to get Holly Holm disqualified, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> oh, the ref goes to her during the second round, like, listen, if you scream one more. If Conor McGregor can get kicked yeah. out of the cage side for being Conor McGregor, then I think we need to. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish Valentina Sochenko went to like my minor league baseball games, and like 
Every every time I did something good, she would like, you know, cheer for me. Because she was the she was more enthusiastic than anybody in that venue. I mean, the whole night. Oh, hey man, that's 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 a good sibling. Yeah, support. no, I'm not. She was using. I like. I just don't want to hear it. Like, <laughs> communicate sonar. Keep it. To, yeah, get get a, get a sign. I'm trying to think of other really loud <laughs> corner people. Mama Woodley. Um, she's not even a corner person. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> she, she sounds like a corner Demetrius person, but Johnson's she's not. Wife is like supposedly really loud at fights. Uh, Manny Pacquiao's mom. Not only does Manny Pacquiao didn't she like what is what was the what was the, the, the yeah the what, like where she's I, trying to put a curse. That's what I thought. Like it, like that was the meme <laughs> that she was trying to like put a hex on somebody. <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to think of oh, Keith my. Florian, obviously. Uh. Edmund's pretty loud. I mean, Greg Jackson's loud, but it's different. It's a different. It's it's instructional. And, in, and yeah, he's instructional. He's instructional video loud. Go get some Dal Cerrone. Cerrone. <laughs> uh, oh man. Um. Yeah. I. I wish we could cover some of these prelims because there were some good performances, but. Due, due to time and a whole nother car we got to talk about. Um, we have to just, just quickly glance over these. Yeah. But Benavidez, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to... Yeah, Benavidez, you know, he, he showed that he's still... That there's still gas left in the tank. Um, and there was a terrible referee blunder in that fight. Basically, Benavidez had to win twice. Um, Chelsea Evil Levine. But, yeah. <laughs> you, you, say, you say Benavidez had to win twice. I say poor Alex Perez had to get... The shit kicked out of him twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But props to Benavidez. He he put on a put on a good performance. He showed he, there's still something left in the tank. Uh, Kevin Aguilar, LFA alumni. Uh, him and him and Rick Glenn had, had a pretty nice violent fight. I think Rick Glenn lost because there was no mustache. <laughs> I was rooting for Aguilar though. Aguilar landed some really hard shots, but Rick Glenn is like a zombie. But um, that that was an awesome fight. Go give that a look. Um, Maurice Green, another... Is he old, too? So 33. He's like a baby in this division. Okay, all right. I don't know why. Just got his driver's baby, license, but... basically. Yeah. <laughs> he He's just now uh, at heavyweight uh, legally able to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, he he won his fight uh, actually via triangle. Uh, so that, that was interesting. Uh, uh, he defeated uh, Michelle... Well, I don't know if I said Mitchell Batista. Uh, Leah Letson defeated... Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, he was on the card, too? <laughs> was he on the card? <laughs> Who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leah, Leah, Leah. Um... I didn't see you all Romero there. <laughs> I, still, I still wouldn't pick her over Cyborg, just saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ? Leah Letson defeated... Uh, Leah Letson, even though Ju- she beat Jesus Christ. Leah Letson defeated Ju- Julie just... Store Lira Lane. Ooh, I don't think I'm going to recover. Leah won her fight via split decision. That's what y'all need to know. I don't think I'm going to recover from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the fight past prelims, uh, Roosevelt Roberts, who I didn't know, I guess people were hype on him, but he, he put on a really good performance. Um, he choked out Daryl Horcher with a standing guillotine that had Horcher. His body was contorted on the. It was weird. I don't, I've the never. The man seen was straight like up that. horizontal from the ground, but <laughs> right. parallel. It was, it was like something out of the Exorcist. Yeah, it really was. It was very strange. But shout out to Roosevelt Roberts. He put on a really good performance. Somebody to 
uh, potentially keep an eye on at 155. Uh, Tim Means got Ricky Rainey out of there real quick in round one and the last fight. Uh, Rioni Barcelos defeated Chris uh, Gutierrez via submission. Uh, rear naked choke. Now we got a whole other card to talk about. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he wasn't on. He wasn't on this one. Uh, uh, well, let me make sure I can pronounce all these names to make sure he wasn't. Uh, okay, I'm, I think it'll be alright. <laughs> Jesus takes place of anybody's name I can't say. <laughs> I think we need to do that now. Whenever there's like a to be determined, Jesus Christ is the fill-in opponent until he gets replaced. <laughs> oh man, um, we've probably been recording for so long, and I don't know because I messed up the time. I have no idea how long. We're on um, three hours of the call. But like the first hour. I don't, I don't. Wait, what is this matter? Doesn't matter. We're going to get six cards done in like around three hours, but it takes us three hours to cover one show? I mean, it's because normally <laughs> the show's good. I see. Or these were okay. Yeah. These weren't that bad. This card was. See, and with this card, because um, the only. Only saw a couple of prelims from this one, so like, because a, a lot of people were saying like it seemed like the prelims took ages. Oh, they were horrible. But it was, yeah, it was different for me because the only prelims that I watched was the Kai Car France, the Wilson Hayes. I took a shower purposely during the Yushin Okami <laughs> fight because I figured that'd be a good time to just go take a shower. <laughs> um, but nah, the, 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 starting from the top, this was a UFC um, Adelaide. <clears throat> headlined by uh, Junior Dos Santos and Tai Tuivasa. I was um I was scared during this main event. because um, JDS now is reaching that territory to where, you know, he's still JDS, he still hits hard, but you know, he's getting a little older. You know, him him losing the overream kinda made me feel some kind of way. So now I'm just sometimes I'm not so sure about what's gonna happen in a JDS fight. And there were moments in this fight that did have me kinda worried. Um, no nah, man, Ty 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 came out. You know he was he he was definitely ready to fight. Junior had me worried having his back against the fence. I, my my heart just starts skipping beats when he does that. <laughs> it just it makes me very uneasy. Um, but not nah, Ty Tuivasa. Um, so he he would do like these leaping left like these leaping hooks, and then clinch, and then break. And then they would throw again, and then clinch. And th there were times like where he had, to me, it seemed like he had JDS like hurt pretty good or like just just wobbled. But he would go back to the clinch again. And I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Like I don't know why fighters never. And this this is me armchair quarterbacking. Um, is it like a bad omen to like break the clinch and just kind of? Get in, get out, maybe? I have a theory. Because it... Eric, hold up. <laughs> I want to hear So, is basically a man who's been trained by Mark Hunt. If not by Mark Hunt, then by the people who trained Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt's a kickboxer. Um, and kickboxing, closing distance is not really, like... Like, that's a viable form of defense. It's, like... It's one of the reasons why when we see kickboxers come over to MMA, they struggle so much. Um, you know who's a really good example? This is Joe Schilling, because Joe Schilling in kickboxing, like, have you ever seen Joe Schilling fight? Like, he he is, he's not the most graceful fighter. 
But he gets away with a lot of what he gets away with because in kickboxing, he's able to just close distance and get on the inside. Yeah, so he'll grab you, and then as you're breaking, he'll throw like three or four punches. I think that's what Taito Ivasa has just kind of got drilled into him, just training with Mark Hunt. And um, did you, you guys caught like the, the the promo footage they were sh- do, shooting, right? Where like Taito Ivasa was hitting the pads, and he had his entire team around him just screaming at him, trying to encourage him to keep going. <laughs> I was like, okay, they they worked on pressuring for this fight. And then, like, the first round happens, and, like, at least three or four times in the first round, Taituibasa would leap in. A face plant. Yes, and Junior Dos Santos would literally just circle to his right. And and Taituibasa would face plant into the cage. Right. So it's just like, okay, this dude has no idea how to... This dude has no idea how to close distance. I think that's why you end up with him just clinching with JDS consistently. That that was his way of stopping the return fire, and he and that's built into what he learned, and he just never got that corrected. Because yeah, like it just seemed like he had a lot. There were things going good for him. Like he, I, I don't know. And then like he had the leg kicks. Um, he, he landed one that really, like JDS really felt and like made him back up a little bit. And then he never really. He tried it again in um, I think that was the third round. JDS checked it and then he just kind of never went back to it. Um, and he, he, I think though that was the moment where I realized like, oh, JDS might be able to win this because I, I, I just envisioned that with all the clinching and just all the movement in general, that JDS would just kind of tire down. But when he checked that kick, I was like, oh, he still has life. He's still kind of, he's aware of what's going on. He's still there. And then he started pumping out his jab more. And then the finishing sequence. (laughs) (laughs) It it always, I'm always amazed when a fighter spams a technique and it works. Because JDS landed, <laughs> spamming in real life is 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 hilarious. Because JDS, he threw like three straight um, right hands, and they all landed. <laughs> and like Tuivasa just didn't. It was so weird. Like JDS throws a right hand, it kind of you tell it kind of stunned him. Like it kind of wobbled him a little bit because he was hesitant. JDS throws another like looping right hand that kind of catches him like, like side of the head a little bit, and then Tui Vasa just kind of does this mindless rush, <laughs> like, <laughs> like with no really uh, I don't know what he thought was gonna happen, but he just like mindlessly just kind of rushes in, and those last two punches were really vicious because he rushed in, JDS caught him with a left. That turned his body the other way. <laughs> JDS flushes him with the right. That turns him back around. And he just he takes the tumble. Uh, JDS gets like side control for a little bit. Then he gets mount. Um, the finish, <laughs> the grounded pound finish, I thought was kind of funny because when I watched the replay, I couldn't tell if JDS was really landing a ton of those. Like a couple of them got through. It looked like two kids that were kind of like tussling and just kind of like, <laughs> like, I don't know how many of those hammer fists really landed, but I can tell you like defense at the bottom doesn't look good if you're just throwing 
you're trying to throw from the bottom. Like, that rarely ever works. And it was like, if I feel like if he just would have grabbed JDS and held, just held him, he would have lasted another round, or at least told the, you know, he, he would have had more time to, to figure something out. But you're just throwing little punches from the ground, like, bro, that's not going to work. And so kind of with that, I wasn't mad at the stoppage because, like, you're, th- that wasn't good defense. And I think at that point, had the fight kept going in the way it was, like, JDS had mount it probably wasn't going to get any better. So I'm not really mad at the stoppage, although I could be biased because I'm a huge JDS fan, so I was just happy he left the fight alive. But, um, hey, man, this, this fight, aside from Mark Hunt, the old guys are not leaving, man. They're still they're still here. They're not They're not leaving willingly. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, they're getting, if, they're, if the young guys are going to be happy to give fights away, then the old guys should be happy to take them. Yeah, and it it was funny because the one thing which I read was like people were saying like uh, I've never seen anybody try to punch from the bottom and I'm like well one you don't watch a lot of MMA apparently and two Mark Hunt punches from the bottom that's where Tai Tuivasa probably got it from (laughs) Mm -hmm. because against against Bigfoot Silva when he got mounted he was punching from the bottom so like that's where it comes from I kind of like I I don't know how Anai Cool feels about this, and I don't know how you feel about it, Sensei, but I kind of walked out of this fight feeling a little bit more confident in what Taito Ivasa can do, but a lot less confident in, like, this... I don't know if it's, like, a super camp that they got going on there, or... Because all of the fight... Go ahead. I think... I was going to say, I think he showed, like, there's a lot of potential there. Like, there's a lot of good that that could come of him if he you know, like, figures it all out. But then, I feel like a performance like that, it shows, like, it's kind of like when you watch, like, a rookie player in the NBA, and they, you can see flashes of, like, what their potential is, but then they have a moment where it's like, oh, yeah, he's still a rookie. Like, he's still, he's still young. He still kind of needs to, he, he might need more time. Right, because we've seen, like, like uh, we, think, we've, God, we've seen prospects no, no, get, like, We've seen prospects get, like, blown out of the water. And I don't think he was blown out of the water here. I thought he acquitted himself well up until, the, like, the repeated brain farts. But, yeah. Like, we saw Yair against Frankie Edgar. That was, like, a demolishing prospect blown out of the water deal. This, I felt, was a little bit more competitive. A lot more competitive. And, yeah. I'm not off on the Tui Vasa bandwagon, but that IQ, that fight IQ needs some work. Yeah, but... Like, I think we said that. Like, I think we said this when they first announced the fight. It's just like this dude went life or death with Andre Arlovsky. Like, what four, five, six months ago? Give or take. And <clears throat> like, Junior Dos Santos isn't, you know, the same dude he was when he was twenty nine, but he's still. A lot, lot better than uh, Andre Orlovsky at this point. So at, right, and I think, but I think that's why I feel kind of confident because it's like I think he was rushed a little bit into this, and he still put on a really, I, I guess the best way to put it would be like a compelling performance. Like I don't, I didn't look at him like. Oh yeah, he's like he's only twenty five. He'll get better. Yeah. Right. No, in just, in theory, in theory, because right. Lord knows what like Mark Hunt just seems to go from like can't like. 
training camp to training camp and like whatever idea pops into his head he goes with like he'll go spend like a few months in thailand right. he'll come back work with his old coach then he'll be like fuck it i'll train myself and then open his own gym like i, I and now that he doesn't have like i don't know not the structure of the ufc behind them but like i'm kind of curious what their training situation is going to look like from now on right now that he's going to be fighting in like Ryzen or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I know. I go train. I don't know. I like Tuivasa. I just um, the rushing into the cage was rough. That suggested that they had no idea how he was supposed to close the distance. Um, I think he, he was supposed to be faster than people. True, true. I mean, and he did everything right to get him against the fence. And then once he got him there, it was like he he didn't have a he didn't have like a clean entry. And JDS had like a an easy out every time he kind of got him in the right spot. The leg kicks disappearing sucked. I don't know what happened with that. Um, then again, the same could be said about Mark Hunt, who just abandoned his leg kicks. Uh, he abandoned a lot in that fight. He abandoned... To, to Vasa <laughs> also, uh, if you watched against Arlovsky and his... Even against Cyril Asker, when he gets guys against the fence, he tends to be very elbow heavy, and he never really let any of them go. So I don't know what happened with that. Um, there's upside here, and JDS gets to live to fight another day, and uh, I'm glad that he was kind of realistic. He called out Overeem. He didn't call out, like, Nganu. I would not want to see that. Nganu yeah. would probably smelt him. Um, he did not call out Miocic or Cormier, so I like the Overeem fight. I think that's a good fight for both guys. He's, 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 he's sticking in his lane. Oh, and, yeah. Kenny Florian uh, called him, and Kenny Florian called him the Brazilian Borat. Because of his uh, <laughs> his post fight speech, so and knowing Kenny Florian, somebody on Twitter called him the Brazilian Borat, and then Kenny <laughs> Kenny Florian it. brought it to TV for us. Oh man, but uh, yeah, that that was the main event. It, it was a fun main event. Like if yeah. you're a JDS fan, you you got to see him live to just fight another day. And, you know, in, in a world where heavyweight fights aren't always really entertaining, like, we got a, we got a nice little fun scrap. Like, I, th- I think everybody left happy. Well, well if you're a Tui Vasa fan, maybe not so much. But I mean, entertainment-wise, you know, you, you got something. Yeah, even if you're a Tui Vasa fan, you kind of got to see your guy show that he's probably not a fluke. Like, he put on enough against – he did better against JDS than Blagoy Inavov. Uh, Inavov, Blagoy Ivanov did and um, – Ben Rothwell, like he did pretty well, all things considered. All right, he gave you hope. Sure, for the there's there, there's something there. Um, and I, I I guess that theme continued somewhat in this co-main event. Nah, man, there's old, no old hope. Guys just... There's no hope for Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, the old the old lines aren't going away. Uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua fought for the 80th time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this guy was going to be out of here about five years ago. He has not left yet. <laughs> uh, he fought Tyson Pedro in the uh, co-main event. You know, you know what I liked about this fight? And I like I, I always make fun of the old guys. But, you know, Shogun did something that I thought was... I, I found it funny because I just have a weird sense of humor. So, like, the first two rounds, you know, it's a lot of brawling going on. It's looking like Shogun's about to get out of there. I'm like, oh, God, the old guy's about to get hands put on him, and it's it's going to be one of those, and I'm going to feel bad for watching it. And 
they're slugging back and forth in the first two rounds. You know, it's not looking too good. I think at one point they collided heads, and Shogun looked like he was about to fall over and die. And he <laughs> he survived the first two rounds, life still intact. Third round, man, he goes and he goes into the veteran bag. He goes into the veteran bag of tricks, and he's like, "Listen, man, you young guys, you're too fast. You're doing too much. I'm just gonna grab you, and I'm just gonna take you down. I'm just gonna lay on you for a little bit. <laughs> just." <laughs> You're doing, doing, doing too, way too much moving. I'm tired. I can't do all that. So he takes him down. And I just thought it was a complete... He completely just, like, changed the pace and tone of the fight in the third round. Like, he just he just took him down, put a stop to all of that movement and striking and everything good that Pedro had going for him. He just kind of took it away. Took him down. Um, he got a TKO, right? Yep. Yeah. Like he literally just in the third round he just he just neutralized Pedro like he he, he just took him down and for the longest time when he took him down and he didn't really do much like it was a lot of just I'm laying here and just kind of getting positions but I'm not landing a ton up until like the last you know right before the the, the finishing sequence where he just you know Pedro just didn't really fight back he just. <laughs> He ate some shots. There wasn't uh he didn't offer anything in return. Um oh no no, he did get he got rocked or or I don't know if he got rocked or his knee buckled or both or I don't know what that was at the end. Tyson Pedro? Yeah, like where cuz didn't he, he twisted his ankle, I think was what you're... Yeah, yeah, like he cuz he he got he ate a right hand and then like it, it, his ankle went out or something. And yeah, and then he ate some ground and pound and uh, the, the stoppage was good because it looked like he was like really hurt, but I, I guess it looked like he was walking okay in the post fight. But I, I don't know, maybe he was still hurt. I didn't really follow up. But po- point being, Shogun at you know in combat years, the man is like nine hundred years old, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> but the anti cooler said it before. He's still one of the most. Like, he, he's still fairly competent at two hundred five. Like he can still. He's he's. He can do the bare minimum you need at 205 to be successful. Like, he can still knock you out. He, he's, he's still fairly competent. He just, he just needs to stay in the fight long enough to win it. And he, it, it, he's still doing it. He's, he's still doing it. He floored Pedro with that right hand and then got the ground and pound finish. And, you know, his record goes to 299. Um, I don't know how many times he's fought. He's fought a lot. Man has fought a lot. I can't emphasize that enough. I think it was like twenty four and eleven going into it. I don't know. A lot of fights. Too many. It just it it feels like he's fought like ninety fights. <laughs> <laughs> but props to him, man. Like he's he's still out here, you know, he, he turned the young guy away. Can't you know it didn't work against Anthony Smith, but you know, Tyson didn't he didn't follow up. He he turned him back around and sent him sent him back home. Yeah. Um well, like I always felt this way about Shogun. Like one of the most underappreciated parts of his game is when he wants to wrestle, he tends to get the other guy down. Like is like going back to like the Pride days. Like he was getting his ass beat by Alistair Overeem early in their fight, took him down. You know, a few soccer kicks and stuff later, like Overeem's out of it. Um. That was a big part of um how he beat uh Lil Nog the first time I think. 
if I remember in the fight right, but... I don't know, in the second fight, it was absolutely, like, a, a key component. So, like, yeah, it, it, it's crazy that it's taken this long for this to become, like, his modem operandi, like, because he's still out here knocking guys out in the feet, which is all types of just... I, I I don't know if there's anybody in the UFC who toes the line between like being like durable and just fragile as shit as Shogun does. Because <laughs> you hit him once, he goes all loopy. But he's like super hard to just put away at that point. Especially if you're Tyson Pedro, you're just willingly getting into his type of fight. Um, yeah, if you're Tyson Pedro and you have him hurt and you want to suddenly clinch with him, it's not going to go so well. Right. Um, uh, it just seems to be a, a a fault in Pedro where he just wants to clinch and grapple everybody, which is whatever. Um, but, uh, like Nice win for Shogun. Like, he continues to be relevant. That's another ranked opponent on his long list of wins. Like, I, he is determined to get another title shot. Like, he, is, he said one more. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm not. I, I was never super duper sold on Pedro. I don't know why. And now I do, but yeah, he, he is a poor decision maker. Like, yeah. A, a really, really poor like give the entire fight away for decision maker. Yeah, like I, I don't have a lot to say about it to be honest. Uh, like can't 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 outwit that veteran say. Right. Um. You know what I will say. I, I think it's a credit to the to Australia that like the four or five best fighters didn't uh, Australia and New Zealand that the four or five best fighters from their country didn't actually fight on this card and they still turned out to see like Tyson Pedro and Mark Hunt and Taito Ibasa lose. Right. <laughs> and they weren't poor sports about it. It wasn't like other other fight fans. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were just they were just there for some. To see some carnage, man, and I can respect that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with it. But no Dan Hooker, no Israel Adesanya, no Robert Whitaker, no Alexander Volkanovsky. Yep. So, I'm done. I really don't have a lot to say. I know you want to. Me? Uh, yeah, I know you want to tear into Tyson Pedro. I don't want to tear into Tyson Pedro. I like. I, I think I kind of wasted all of my like. It's just that like. I, this he could realistically, if you want to be 150% honest about it, he could realistically be on a three-fight win streak with, like, title fight aspiration. He could be Anthony Smith. Because he hurt OSP really badly and then was like, oh, fuck, I gotta get... I, he's down, I might as well play around on the ground with him, which is, like, the worst thing you want to do with OSP. And he wound up getting submitted. And against Shogun, like, okay, Shogun was hurt by a headbutt. That was pretty obvious. But Pedro had him hurt before that. And then when he had him against the fence, he hurt him even worse with these, like, nice uppercuts, these perfectly well-thrown uppercuts. And then it was like Shogun covered up, and he was like, well, fuck, I don't have an easy thing to hit now, so I'm going to clinch. Lock up with him. And it's like, why? Why? 
And what was said in the corner, because we didn't get the corner audio, obviously, but, like, did they stop and tell him, like, listen, he took you down. I know you have that Gamora sweep you really like, but that probably isn't going to work if you keep trying it. Like, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta shift gears here. Like, get back to striking. He got clinched by Shogun, and then taken down, and then controlled for the whole round. He did not land a single strike that round. And then the third round, he, like, got hurt, or he was hurt into the second round. And then he got hurt in the third round with his ankle, and then he got, like, and then he got finished. And, like, those are two back-to-back fights where you could have beaten serious name competition at 205, and you, like, tripped over your own feet. Like, I don't know how you reconcile that. Because now, like, you're not going to be able to beat on Sapar Bek Sarofov for the rest of your career. You're going to have to beat some of these guys at some point. So, like, are you going to get a John Volante? Like, I, I like Tyson Pedro. I think he's got a lot of tools. But at this point, I'm, like, what can I possibly say? It feels kind of unfair because, like, he's hella young into his right. career. He's, his first fight was in 2013, but he didn't fight again until 2016. So realistically, you're looking at a guy who, you know, went from fighting on the regional circuit to like two years later fighting Ilir Latifi in OSB. Like, and maybe this stuff picks like, maybe that he picks this stuff up with like time, but at the same time, like, what are his trend? Like, what's his training situation? Like, where he's just training with Mark Clutt and Ty Tuivasa and all their buddies in like a gym in the middle of nowhere. And we can see what actual, like, there's a gym, obviously, in Australia that's producing some top talent, or New Zealand, or whatever, with Adesanya and, and Dan Hooker and Kai Kara-France. So, I don't know where they, like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, I don't know what their gym is doing, but their top three fighters all had, like, mental snafus that were... I don't... They were almost, like, absurd in this generation. Like, in this era where you have super camps that, like can almost micromanage to like to excess like how how not managed I guess the situation was right yeah that's weird I don't know well we'll see maybe, maybe he just doesn't want to you know you know people are camp loyal maybe he just doesn't want to you know doesn't want to jump ship but, sure I mean uh, I got it I'll never fault the guy for being loyal, but this is absurd now. Well, we'll see. But Shogun lives the fight. Another day. Here comes Gus. <laughs> for the for the <laughs> stop. Comes I mean, Gus, that first Vulcan. That first fight was pretty competitive. If we're being real, it, it, was. it was. But that was seven was. knee surgeries and thirty-three years ago in fight year. I mean, it's combined knee surgeries, though, so it might even out. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. We got combined knee surgeries and a back surgery and a... Uh... Lord. I was going to say Glover, but Glover's fighting Kutelaba. Who do you even give Shogun? Breaking. I huh? decided to think of who you could give Shogun. Vulcan is the only guy who comes to mind. Hey, that's a fair fight. Boy, and then if he beats Vulcan, you have to give him a title shot. Yeah. Serkunov. He could fight Misha Serkunov in the Battle of Borden. We need to we need to keep Shogun busy, but not title shot busy. <laughs> <laughs> so Latifi, he just fights Ilar Latifi over and over again. 
Like fight Latifi, fight of uh, uh, nah, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see Latifi land one of those like. Give, give, give him, uh, give him, give him Krylov, even though he's coming off a loss. Tito Ortiz. We got, yeah. we got. Problem solved. Man, now I'm thinking about Krylov against Tyson Pedro. That would be like a fight to piece. <laughs> that would be the fight equivalent uh, to where there's a fumble and the ball's just laying on the turf and either team can pick <laughs> it up and they're just knocking it around. Oh boy, that actually wouldn't be a bad matchup though. I'd watch that. That'd be fun. Um, because I don't want to talk about this next fight. Um, real quick, breaking news: If you're a college football fan, playoff brackets are in: Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame. For anybody, you know, that Texas can. in there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just asking a question. You know, we 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 we, we tried, man. We tried. We tried. But did you though? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, for the first <laughs> half, they did. <laughs> I literally have no score, score. idea. I don't. I, I don't watch football. Score, score, score got score got out of hand in the second half. It, it, it wasn't looking too good. Um, so I'm realizing that looking at the rest of this card, I don't remember a lot of these fights. <laughs> I'm just straight up say I didn't see Justin Willis versus Mark Hunt because I was watching Tyson Fury Wilder. I saw none of it. us. None of us. Even those who watched it didn't. See That's it. a good point. I like how I'm like I saw it, and you're like, no, no, you didn't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it was a, it was it was Justin Willis jabbing, Mark Hunt flailing, and then like in the third round, Hunt just stopped doing anything. Yeah, it was a heavyweight fight. And then Justin Willis, after the fight, probably killed his UFC career because he like tur- he turned the mic over to Mark Hunt, and Mark Hunt was just like, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys somewhere else. So that's all you need to know about that fight. Justin Willis defeated Mark Hunt, unanimous decision. Mark Hunt will most likely be in some other organization. And Justin Willis continues. He's undefeated, right? Yeah. Uh, no, he's got one loss outside of the UFC. Okay. Well, in the UFC, I think he's undefeated. Um, yeah. So he continues his unbeaten UFC streak. But the fight was kind of mad. Is what it is. Kind of Um, 100% mad. Yeah. <laughs> Next fight. How do you just get to change your name on a whim? Wasn't he Tony Martin like two weeks ago? His Nick, I think his middle name is Rocco, and he said that he wanted to be more marketable. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. Um, so, and, and formerly the fighter formerly known as Tony Martin, <laughs> uh, now known as Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm very upset uh, they kept saying Rocco Martin the entire time. Like being, like, just call him Rocco. You can call him Martin. You gotta say the whole damn thing. <laughs> Rock, Rock, Rocco for the for for Dick Matthews. Um, I don't like Rocco's sideburns. Just throw that yeah, out. Yeah, what there. the fuck was that about? Throw it back. Yeah, that. Yeah. To what? Don't don't do that anymore. Harley Race, get out of <laughs> here with that shit. Yeah. Rock Rocco's uh, not admittedly... so modern life. There we go. Admittedly, I don't remember. <laughs> like, I feel like this was an entertaining fight, and I don't really remember it, though. But, like, I remember the Anaconda choke, and Jake Matthews was, like, dead. And I was like, oh. J- didn't, didn't think he was going to go to Jake sleep. Jake Matthews is did. a very... Um, uh, how, how do we, Matthews is a very technically good striker. He spent the first... Like, Rocco clipped him once. And then Matthews proceeded to spend the rest of the first round winging overhand rights and, like, lead left hooks. 
And for, to his credit, it kind of worked. But Martin just picked him apart with, like, leg kicks from then on. And then the finishing sequence was Martin kicking out his lead leg, Matthews going down, and then Martin clamping down on his neck. So, I think I'm off the Jake Matthews train, man. Just, I, I don't see it. You guys know the guy in, like, the crew, could be a female, male or female, who, like, when the plans change, they, they're completely incapable of dealing with the change in plans. Yes. Where you're just like, all right, well, now we're going to do it at 9. And it's like, but I got, I, I planned every, like, they, they've got it planned to a T. And the moment it changes, they, like, have a panic attack. Jake Matthews does not do very well. Like, I've noticed he, his struggles are just, like, he can't deal with, like, adversity very well. Because against, against Andrew Holbrook, he came out, like, trying to blast him out early. And then when Holbrook calmed down, it was like, well, now he had no idea what to do. So Holbrook took him down. He controlled him. It was, like, not a good fight. Against Kevin Lee, as soon as Kevin Lee took him down, he was cooked, like, emotionally. Or not just emotionally, but physically as well. And, like, against James Vick, he got hit to the body, and he just panicked into a takedown that got him guillotined. So, like, as soon as I came in and I saw that he was on the back foot, I was like, oh, this is not... Because I did miss the first round. Sure, put your bag over here I was like, it, it's it's not going to go so well. And sure enough, it didn't. The whole time you were making that analogy, I was like, am I the guy on the crew? Who now you got to think about it. Now you got to think about it. That might be me. It's not that I panic. It's more so when plans change, I'm like, ah, God, why are you guys changing stuff? I don't like change. The thing is, more so I get old and grumpy, and I don't want to do it. But uh, that, you know, that's another story. <laughs> um, Rocco Martin, don't care. I don't know about the name, but like, the wins speak for themselves, man. That's that's three in a row now. Yeah, since moving up. So you know, go to your proper class. Things can think things can potentially happen. Good for you. Instead of trying to. And uh, yeah, and and Rocco. Uh, I don't know where this new confidence has come from, but perhaps don't try to bully the UFC into adding a weight class that may not work out in your favor because they may not want to have some dude on the prelims, some non-main eventer, telling them that they need to change weight classes. If Kevin Lee yeah. can't get it done, you're probably not going to get it done. Yeah, you're definitely not the uh, the spokesperson. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's a word. Not with those sideburns. You can't make those kind of demands with those sideburns. <laughs> the sideburns are why he made the demands. They give him confidence. Hey, he's feeling it. Yeah. yeah. You, you gotta be feeling yourself to be rocking that, so. Oh, man. But, you know, he got the win. Impressive, uh, impressive feat, so shout-outs to uh, Rocco. <laughs> um, next fight... Did not last very long. Sadiq Youssef and Suman Mokhtarian. Um, Youssef was on... He was on the Contender Series, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, very explosive. Very athletic. Hits very hard. Um, and he just administered some hands to uh, Mokhtarian. I saw people who were angry at the stoppage. Um, I wasn't really mad at it. Um, I mean, when you're, 
like when you're not really getting out of the way like <laughs> like there are certain stoppages where i look and i'm like you're not really even if it was premature i'm looking at you like you're not really doing yourself any favors like so in, in that moment i can't really be mad that the ref stopped it because you're not really showing him anything like you're eating these combinations unanswered and you're not it's not like you really tried to make the situation better and like it had it kept going up it just kind of looked like you just would have kept eating more hands and it probably just would have gotten worse so i'm not mad at the stoppage um a lot of people were pretty high on sadiq um so i i guess he showed why he came out and ministered some hands dude dude is very very fast very athletic but looks like he'll be the type of guy who will put on some violent fights at featherweight so um Good, good, good on him. Concur. Yeah. Um. No, it's gone. Sorry, <laughs> it's gone. Sorry, Sadiq. <laughs> uh, no, just I, I, like shouts to Sadiq for fighting like a week after his brother died, and yep. you know managed to pull out the big one. So. Concur. Yeah, good, good on him. And rounding out the main card, uh, Jimmy Crute, who was also on the Contender Series, uh, fought Paul Craig. Um, I don't remember the fight in a ton of detail, but I just remember a lot of ground game, a lot of grappling, people going for submissions. Um, and then somehow Paul Craig gets a Kimura. And like, I mean, not Craig, Crute uh, gets a Kimura, and he like snags. Craig's arm like all the way back looked pretty painful. A dick move. Uh, <laughs> like he like he pulled <laughs> it dick all the way back. <laughs> um, did I'm get did Craig like verbally tap? Because I don't remember seeing him like unless I just I don't know it. if he verbally tapped or if uh, Crete was just he just knew because he like let go immediately. It was like all right, done, see ya. Yeah, because he, he he it was like I was about to break. Like he that was really really hard. Um. But I don't know like, where the ref was, apparently, with his thumb up his his ass, yeah. apparently, in, in space. <laughs> like, I'll just fucking rip his arm off, dude. Don't worry about it. I'll do your job. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of hard for me to judge crew. Like, I, I don't really know, like, what a ceiling is. Like, he, it seems like he has some tools. Like, then again, at two, 205, I just, I don't know anything about 205. Who, who knows what 205 is anymore? I don't know how to judge ceilings at 205. Like I just I mean, to his credit, he's only like twenty two. Right? Yeah, and, and, I, and I, yeah, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like I, I guess it's just some. Anytime I see a prospect, I just try to figure like where, where could I see you going based off of what you're showing me. Um. But I mean, yeah, like I said, he he is he's still pretty young. Time is on his side. Um, he he went through some adversity, so I, that's that's always good to not you know fold under any kind of pressure. So. Um, good, good, good win on crew. Like he showed some grit, um, and I, I thought it was. It could have went bad the other way because I think a lot of guys would not have tried to play with Craig on the ground because it seemed like that was where he really wanted it to be. And crew didn't. He didn't shy away from it, and he ended up getting the win on the ground. So, you know, kudos to him for you know. Obviously, that's a part of his game that he works on, and he was not afraid to 
take it there if that's what it came down to, and that's what it came down to, and he ended up coming on the better end of the stick for it. So, shout out to Crute. Um, anybody at 205 his age who even halfway decent, I'll root for. So, you know, <laughs> best of luck to him. Somebody, if you can breathe life into this division at all, I'll be, you have my support. So, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Jimmy Crute. Uh, like I don't have a lot to say here either. Like, um, why did Paul Craig keep bringing it to the ground? Because like he would have success at first. That's what my like... finisher is, man. So <laughs> <laughs> the finisher is you got to get there. Like he kept going to the ground with this man, and he would have success at first, and then Crew would just like, not even like technique, he would just power out. And flip Craig over. Manoa it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like Jimmy Manoa, which is like, I'm, I'm not going to fucking be on the bottom anymore. I don't know. Is he, is he the 205 uh, Lewis? Just, I just get up when well, I want. It's not even like he got up. <laughs> he just got on top of him. It was really funny. And then Craig shoots like this half-hearted takedown and gets really high uh, like on the crash of him. Crew, and Crew is just like, no, and steps over him and ends up in mount. <laughs> <laughs> that happened multiple times by the way that was not a one time occurrence right. like I don't know like, I don't get what the what the thought process was there um like Kurt was one of the dudes who I wanted the UFC to sign to bolster up this 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 wasteland uh, of a division like, did they, did you did you uh did they say where they got him from? Because I think that's a pretty interesting story. Ooh, where they uh, like I know he was fighting on that crew, the hex fight series, dude. Like, uh, well, mm-hmm. no, dude. Like, oh, he got oh. on their he, he got on. Go ahead, you know what? No, 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 go ahead. No, he got on their radar. Their radar. He, Justin Raider. Uh, he got on their radar because he got the Air Asia sponsorship that they're doing with like Australia and Asia, the same thing that got that I, she hasn't debuted yet, but they have like a Singapore woman who they also signed, I believe from one who basically they had crewed at the performance center for like six weeks. And they were like, well, we might as well give him a fight like in that time. And he wound up on the contender series and won that fight. And I think Dana White fell in love with him from there. So like, like, he could probably not even be in the UFC if not for Gary. That's ridiculous. Like, I, 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 have, I have a list of fighters um, from, like, <laughs> like the, from 205 who I'm like, okay, this are dudes you can sign to bring in and just give a shot. And now, like, this was... When did I make this list? Like, March? And so far, they got, like, three of them. But Jim, like, Groot was one of the first dudes that put on the list. Just because of his age and where he's from. Like, I don't know. It, it just kind of... Sh- I don't think anybody there is doing any scouting anymore. Or, like, any type of, like, basic research. Like, they just have a... A, a list of guy like, people they call when they need to fill, somebody to fill in. So they signed by word of mouth and referral. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like who's that? Who's that? Fortis? Who's that? Team Alpha Male? Who's that? You know. Who, who's that? <laughs> they who's call here? the head of the gym. Hey, you got any guys in your gym who haven't fought in the UFC yet? 
That's basically <laughs> like I honestly I think Annie Cool's right. That's basically how it's happening. Some form of that. What's so and so doing? Oh, he has he hasn't fought in a while. Can he fight here? Okay, great. Remember, we just talked about how small this organization is. It's not like they've got like a range of talent scouts. Yeah, the, the, the same guy who does the graphics does recruiting. <laughs> to, like compound, they have to compound the jobs. <laughs> you you got to work in every department. Guy who's never same watched MMA in his life. The guy who did fight passes. The guy who runs the. <laughs> the guy who checks the Reebok kits is the guy who yeah. Well, like it normally hey, it would be McManus and Sean Shelby, but like. You're having them book 50 cards a year. Like, yeah, they don't have time for that. Like, they don't have time to sit down and go onto YouTube or Fight Finder and just like, okay, who who who's the new hotness? It's just right. whoever, like, we just got we just got dates to fill. And that's all we care about. And maybe, like, yeah, right. And maybe a dude like Ed Soros gets like, hey, Ed, who do you have? Who's your champion right now? Who did he just beat? Exactly. And then they'll get like a tape, and then they'll watch it. If that, like some of these dudes, yeah, I'm convinced yeah. they get in, like having never been seen by anybody in the UFC. They just take it on like good word. I would say that's ridiculous, but then again, I think that that's probably more likely than not. See, they need to they need to get us on the payroll. We can do some scouting for you guys for a nice little. You could pay me to watch fights. Cut. Yeah, cut a check. Uh, do it, do it, like... And then I would just bet. Yeah, dude, Sean, like Sean Shelby, hook me up. I, I, I can help you out. Like, right. we do this and we don't get paid. Exactly. So if you pay me, if you pay me, there's more incentive for me to, you know. I willingly watch Alaska Fighting Championship. I will happily watch uh, <laughs> Sri Lankan <laughs> MMA for a UFC paycheck. Yeah, give me willingly. Like, I can pre-install Hex Fight Series as YouTube page. Wait, what did you say? Hex Fight Series is the, the organization that... Oh, uh, I... I'm not going to say what I thought I heard because, like, the connection was so choppy here. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he didn't just... <laughs> oh, no, but man. I'm sure, like, um, like... But you know what? Good. That's why the Performance Center is going to be good. That's why this Air Asia thing is going to be good. Like, let's, like... Let, they need help, so go get some help. Yeah, if if if, right. if thing like <sighs> I was gonna say like if like for guys like Chuck that could have been like something they could have done, or like you know you send them out to all these places and you know they get looks at the regional talent, but then you end up with situations like, all right, Uriah Faber is basically just getting his own guys UFC contracts, which he probably already is doing. But oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it's better than the system they got now. It's well, because just... I guarantee, I guarantee you that like when the contender series is coming around, agents are calling like not just agents but absolutely your eye favors like, hey, I know a guy who's like I got a guy in the gym who's tearing everybody apart. Like he he, he knocked out he, he knocked out Chris Holdsworth again. Holdsworth was gonna come back and then he knocked him out. Again. <laughs> he's, he's on fire. This guy's unreal. Like, you know those conversations happen. Like, uh, this guy, this guy, and then it's, and then, like, if you know Dana, you probably know the keywords to, like, get him to, like, he's a monster, and he's a, he's a, All you have to say is, he stands and bangs, um, knockout, grinder, finishes. 
Scrapper. Yeah. Scrapper is the one, right? Yeah, Scrapper. Yeah, that's that's there we go. He, that's that's the word. And he can talk too. He just Yeah. <laughs> I hope he can. <laughs> we'll, grow well no, dude, they signed they signed Hannah Cyphers and she can't speak. They signed oh, Hannah Cyphers, and the media was, like, making fun of her for being so, like, dry. Like, like incapable oh, of actual common, like, communication. Yeah, that's because I'm assuming Hannah Cyphers probably has never done media before. I'm, hey, man, Titan FC, they hook you up. You got to talk to Showdown Joe and Kamara Usman. <laughs> <laughs> Those two guys aren't so, showing up uh, on the podcast anytime soon now. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, ruined, we, ruined, we ruined that relationship. <laughs> I didn't. I was nothing but pleasant. <laughs> oh, man. So that was uh, the entire main card. Um, but there were some prelims worth giving a shout out. Um, I'll read the results of some of these fights. Other ones, um, to be honest, most of these I either watched and didn't remember. Actually, that's that's the case for most of these. Um, but um, Alexei Konchenko beat Yushin Okami unanimous decision. I took a shower during this fight. I don't know what happened. Um, At least you were clean. At least you you did you did yeah. something better. You washed yourself. <laughs> I think I watched one round to just to see like is something crazy gonna happen, and I was like, okay, no, nothing's happened. I'm out of here. So I, I, I left. Apparently, I didn't miss anything. But that fight happened. Uh. Wilson Hayes and Ben Wynn, I, I, I wish I, got, I didn't get a chance to really re- re-watch this. Um, and I think I was eating while this was on, so I only saw, like, bits and pieces of it. The fuck um, was Ben Wynn's corner talking about? <laughs> I didn't see it. Sorry. I saw it, but I, I didn't catch enough of this to give much of a breakdown on it. Basically, they told him, like, in because bet- because Dan Hardy, I thought, did a great job. Uh Although he's a little, he, he he's he is what he is. He's a, he's a pretty good commentator, and apparently every time in Wins Corner they were just like he's tiring. The plan was to like tire him out, and then in the third round apparently they like there was like no sense of urgency. It was just like yeah, hey, you got him now, and I was like, you sure? <laughs> it seems pretty clear that nobody in that other corner has ever, like has ever seen Wilson Hayes fight. Yeah, like they just they they just like Googled a picture of him and he's like, oh, he's a muscle guy. He's we can muscle. work with that. He really is. He uh, really is if you think about it. He he is Masar Nuba of Flyweight. I'm saying he's, he's, he's Flyweight Romero. How dare you? There is <laughs> a little little muscle how guy. How dare you? There is no Flyweight Romero. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I don't get what the plan was other than to tire Hayes out and like Hayes never gets tired. That's not how you beat him. You beat him by being you really. Him. You have to hit him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good like, start. <laughs> and Wynn was doing some like good stuff with like his feet, but you, you, you gotta hit him. He didn't do it. So, Put hands on face. Yeah. Well, apparently he didn't do that enough. So got... Wilson Hayes got that. Uh. <laughs> he got that unanimous decision. Uh, Kita Nakamura uh, got a split decision over Salim Tauri. Tauhari. Um, I watched this fight, but I don't remember a ton of it. Um, so I, I can't really break that down. Um, this um, next fight, I wish I remember. 
time. Just thumbs down. Thumbs down fight. No. <laughs> this this next fight, I, I wish I remembered more in detail, but I can tell you guys it was awesome. Um, Kaikar France and Elias Garcia. I, I don't remember in detail, but like this fight was just fun. Like it was wildly entertaining. It got fight of the night, according to Wiki. That's correct. Um, like I was really hyped just watching this fight, just all the wildness that was going on, and then I got really sad when it was over because I was like, "Oh, they're flyweights." Because like, oh, no. <laughs> Cara France seems like a really good prospect. Like this dude seems really, really talented. But I'm like, God, if, if they get rid of this division, he's he's uh, he's not he's not gonna be here. And that 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 whole thing set in, but I mean that 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 aside, Kai Car France is a really seems like a really good prospect at at flyweight. Um, there was a lot going on in this fight, like it, it was it was action packed all throughout. The it was pretty much entertaining, entertaining like the entire time. Um, go go back and watch that fight. Like I said, I, I don't know where flyweight's going in the next year, not even year, maybe like the next six seven months, but. That 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 guy deserves uh, some spotlight. Kai, Kai Car France, that was a really good performance. Um, really awesome fight, and I I hope he, fights like this just are the reason why like flyweight should stay around. Like guys like that need a home and a place to showcase what they can. I do. look forward to seeing Kai Car France back in Ryzen, like six yeah. months from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could fight at one thirty-five. He has a frame for one thirty-five. Okay, correction. I don't know if he has a. I don't know if he has a frame for 135 or if he was just fighting a guy who looked like he was in 11th grade. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I think Kai Kara France has a, a... He could be a 135er. He could be a 135er, and either way, his best friend is now, like, the biggest rising star, so he can, he can hang out. He can hang out a little bit. <laughs> there you go. But... No, that 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 fight was great. Um, so give that a look. Uh, uh these next two fights. Uh, real, 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 real quick, just real quick. Did either of you have a problem with them sending Elias Garcia out for the third round? I don't remember how it went, so I can't. I remember. did not actually okay. see the first two rounds of this fight because my Fox Sports app crapped out on me and kept showing me a freaking basketball game. Well, hey, look, that that, that won't be a problem in a few weeks. Lord. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what? So how how the second round go? I don't. I don't um, no, it was pretty competitive on the feet for a while, and then Kai Kara France, uh, Kara France, they got on top. Elias Garcia was trying to get a leg lock, and he was just getting kind of pummeled from the bottom. Uh, at one point, I don't know if the ref warned him, or if it was just Anthony Pettis because they were at the Pettis corner, and Anthony Pettis was like, "You got to do something. You got to move. Like you can't stay there. You can't like." So I thought maybe Anthony Pettis was going to pull the plug. Uh, but they sent him out. I was kind of iffy on them sending him out again because he looked pretty busted up. And I mean, uh, uh, the inevitable eventually happened, so I guess all is well that ends well. But I was a little, I was a little on the fence about him seeing a third round. But then again, I'm, I was, uh, I guess, a little bit more sympathetic. Great fight, though. Oh. Yeah, awesome, awesome fight. Um, next two fights, I'll just run through because I, I don't even think I watched these, or if I did, I don't remember them at all. Um, but Christos uh, Giagos uh, defeated Mizuto Hirota via unanimous decision. 
And Demir Ismagulov defeated Alex Zagorgis. <laughs> yep. Did I say that? Zagorgis. Uh, via yep. unanimous decision. Um, so that was UFC Adelaide. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to judge this card because I didn't, like, I only saw bits and pieces. But, like, the bits and pieces I saw were entertaining and everything else I just didn't see. But apparently for people who watch this all in real time, like, the prelims were a drag to get through because literally every prelim went to decision, which I could imagine is not, you know, even with the fun fights that were mixed in between, um, that's a lot to sit through. And then you got a whole main card to worry about, which luckily that had finishes, but, um, no, no, pretty decent night of, of fights. Um, a- action-packed weekend overall. Like, if you were a fight fan, there was something here for you this weekend. Um, no matter what card you... Well, all right, I can't speak on the Italy card. I don't, I don't know what Bellator did with that. But <laughs> there, was, there was something there for you. There, there were UFC, Bellator. Outside of UFC and Bellator, you, you, KSW had a card. Um, uh, I think LFA had a card also. Like, there, there was a lot going on. And then you had boxing going on. Like, there, there was something for everybody. Violence yep. and head kicks and punches and elbows. All, all to go around. It was a lot, lot of violence this year. Um, yep, yep, yep. So, so, pretty pretty good fight weekend. That was a lot to cover that happened over the course of, like, three days. Um, and I guess next week, uh, I'll let you guys know, uh, the episode may drop a little late. Because um, Antaku will be flying away from us. Um, so, we that episode <laughs> next week, which is... <laughs> What's so funny? What's so the funny? Way, the way he phrased that. <laughs> He's flying away. <laughs> He's gonna go fight Stokes. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be traveling away. He's gonna fight Stokes in a three rounder. Stokes doesn't know that yet, but show up on his phone. He's gonna knock on his door, give him some Everlast gloves, and that's that's gonna be a thing. But uh, I would so imagine next episode Stokes we won't even ready to throw down at any time, so it would not be a. Yeah, he already he already beat Jake Shields, so you got your work cut out for you. Uh. <laughs> but uh, so that episode we won't even get to record until Tuesday, which means it probably won't come out until Wednesday. Um, but you know, if the episode isn't there, you know, in the morning when you normally see it, don't panic. You know, we just schedule had to be adjusted, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but there'll be plenty of more fights to talk about because this sport doesn't seem to want to let us sleep or give us a break. Um, at at any point in the near future, Christmas is the break. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and then we're right back at it Rising. um but no nah, good 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 weekend of fights i was i was entertained i was happy with all the all the violence that was going on it was entertaining and i'm really hyped for holloway ortega like i said i'm i'm pretty sure i'm dropping money on this um because I'm, I'm just I've, I've wanted to see this main event for a long time and side note if 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 the combat gods aren't kind to us and somebody pulls out, they have Tab Moicano as the replacement. If anybody pulls out of the main event between Ortega and Holloway, I'm praying it doesn't come down to that. But if it does, you know he, he is a good replacement. So, jeez, we if, didn't if even dis- we didn't even talk about Max Holloway getting like date rape drugged. That was the thing. Yeah, apparently they did like a toxicology report. And he won't specify what happened, but he said Vegas is a crazy place. And he said that there was an ongoing investigation into it. 
So that 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 has led speculation that he may have. I didn't know that, that was he was roof. Well, the term that I saw out of, out of different a few different places was he was roofied. Um, that would explain a lot. But because he said they like he was checked out by multiple doctors and apparently there was no concussion. And but there were concussion symptoms. So oh, he fought with roofie symptoms and still won. Oh no, that that was the one that got canceled, right? Yeah, that was the cancel one. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, no, no, no. But but still, that means he did an open workout while like drugged. Then. Oof. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of wild. Well, hopefully he's okay. Gunnar Nelson's back on this card. He's back from the dead. Yeah, with Cowboy. The other Cowboy. Yeah, that, that might not be a good return. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, though. This card is awesome, though. Like, a lot, a lot of good fights I'm looking forward to on this. Um, so, yeah. yeah that'll, that'll be a thing. That's all you need to know. Against Jimmy Manoa, yeah. which means guaranteed death for somebody. <laughs> somebody will not make it out alive. It would be really sad if that fight turned into like a tentative snorefest where nobody wants to throw. Dude, uh, the, uh, I don't think Thiago is capable. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> then he he, Thiago's one of those guys. Yeah, he he gives me hope that he he's not willing. You you can't have a hammer on your chest and be tentative. That 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 can't be. You can't do both. If you have the hammer on your chest, you have to be violent. Um, but yeah, I don't know how long we've been recording. It's probably been a really, really long time. Four hours. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, wrap this one up um, with uh, parting shots and shout outs. So uh, real quick, let me pull this up on the phone. Uh, my shout out uh we'll go to Haley Cowan who uh was on LFA uh 55 which I think that was on Friday um she was an NCAA All-American gymnast who transitioned to MMA um the fight on Friday was her third professional fight and she won via head kick knockout it was a I love head kick KO so this this was just this was it for me um so shout outs to her I don't know what weight class she's in uh, oh, she's a flyweight. Um, so she's a flyweight. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't really see the fight. I just saw the highlight. So I, I don't know if she's somebody really to keep an eye on. But you know, gymnast turn MMA fighter. So obviously she's an athlete. You know, at least who's you know just trying to learn the sport. But good on her. Awesome head kick. It was great. Um, a shot. I, I I can't spend as much on this as I would want to because we've been here for a while. But uh the NFL man. Um you guys hear about the Kareem Hunt uh yeah in- incident. Yeah. Um so for those who don't know, uh now I'll try to get through this quick. There there was an incident this took place actually originally back in February where Kareem Hunt, running back of the um uh Kansas City Chiefs, got into uh, an altercation. I don't know the woman's name, um, at a hotel. So this happened back in February. The video is just now coming out as of this recording. I think it came out like a day or two ago. Um, but I don't know. Just once again, I mean, at, at this time, Kareem Hunt was released by the Chiefs. Um, so he he's out of a job. And I, I don't know if he'll get picked up in the near. I feel like he's going to end up being back, to be honest. But that's, another, that's a separate discussion. 
I think he'll be back. Oh yeah, sure. But yeah, he will be. I'm I'm pretty. Sure. I think he will be. But the, the NFL, just the way they handle these situations, is so. so I have an article pulled up, and I'll I'll just read a quick uh, excerpt. Uh, so, in its investigation into the February incident that cost Kareem Hunt his job, the interview did not, I mean, the NFL did not interview the running back or the woman he shoved and kicked, uh, league sources, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen. Uh, so, just, just on that front, well, I will say, um, because you can read that and it might be a little bit misleading, the NFL did at least reach out to the woman, apparently, and her friend that was there, and they didn't respond. So, at least they did that. They tried. But I don't understand how, <laughs> how do you not interview Kareem Hunt? Like, is, he's in the video. Well, His can, face I, can, I, can clearly... I make a counterpoint? Not a counterpoint, but can I, can I spin it off into a side point? Yeah. Uh, do we expect organizations to do too much relative to the legal system not doing their part? Like, realistically speaking, if this video has existed since, like, what did the legal system do to investigate this? Like, uh, this video apparently existed, and they didn't go back and review it. They didn't subpoena them for this video. Like, should we have expected, should we, are we wrong to expect organizations to take on matters that the legal system seems almost incapable of? Because, like... There's there's like this fine line for me where it's like I expect more from the organization, but I also expect more from our legal system. So who necessarily? Yeah, it's is, it's on it's on both. Necessarily is wronger, I guess. It, it's on both because I, when I saw the video, I had a lot of questions too. I and not even just for like, um, I had questions about the hotel. Like how did it? It, it seemed like that that incident because there, there's a video out you guys can watch. It seemed like right. that situation dragged on so long, and like I never saw a security guard. Nobody came to like. To me, <laughs> this was my thought, and I'm sticking to this. I feel like the security guard saw that footage, and he was like, "Don't go break that up." He knew who Kareem Hunt was. They were like, "We got gold here. We're gonna sell this tape to somebody." Possibly because that is a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Like people do sell tapes to TMZ, and you can get paid a pretty good sum of money for it. Because I just feel like it took too long. Like, I don't know. It was a lot of weird... Just some stuff in this just didn't really line up for me. Um, and But I think just for my overall point is just in... With the whole Ray Rice thing that happened, I just... You, you want to hope that they would... I mean, I get it. Law enforcement has to do their part. But I would just think, like, after umpteen amount of domestic violence issues that you've had in your league, that you would kind of... I don't know, just be on top of things a little more. Well, I mean, they and tried to do that it, with... Because I, I agree with you. But they did try to do that with Ezekiel Elliott, and it was like they went too far. So it's like... Yeah. When these issues come up, I always go back to, well, what is the legal field doing, and how is it... Because at the end of the day, like I expecting organizations to carry like the moral hammer is ultimately probably why how you wind up being disappointed in them. But I do expect more from our legal field. And from our legal system to be a little bit more like look at baseball Addison Russell Addison Russell is under I don't know if he's under police investigation for it but his ex-wife has come out on a new on a few occasions alleging domestic violence and the Cubs tendered him a contract which means he'll be under contract with them at least into like the spring whatever 
And there are people who are upset about that. But my thing is always like, I don't expect organizations to act morally. Every, every team has the same moral compass. They all have the same moral compass. Their goal is to win and make money. So whenever an issue like this comes up, I expect them to do the worst case scenario. But I always kind of hope that the legal system will fix, will remedy the problems they're supposed to remedy. So when, like with the Kareem Hunt thing, I'm just like, obviously, uh, you know, do I think the NFL did enough? I really don't. But I also thought they went too far with Ezekiel Elliott. So it's like, we want the league to, we want all leagues to have this like moral compass that's always kind of on the same playing field. But we've already seen that they can't. They have no way to do it. They're like incapable of it. So at that point, I'm wondering if we need to start expecting more from the legal system that just because you're an athlete, you don't get those different rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, everybody on all fronts needs to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Better. And we're going to have this. Let, Go ahead. I was going to say, lastly, before, before I forget. Because I don't want to just throw the shot at the NFL. I have to throw the shot at Kareem Hunt, too. Yeah. Because, like, after I watched the video, it was like, dude, I don't know what led up to that altercation. Apparently, I heard rumors that there were racial slurs thrown, blah, blah, blah. Even if that was the case. When I watched the video, I was like, there were so many moments where you could have just turned around and left. Like, you literally could have just, you could have went back to your hotel room let her argue or whatever. You just you just could have left, and he had people there with him. Like mm-hmm. it just it seemed like that you could have defused that situation, or at least just removed yourself from it. It wasn't one of those like where she was like attacking you, or like it wasn't. It didn't need to escalate to that point. You could have gotten out of that, and now it's just like you you've potentially just kind of wasted as talented as he is, especially the way his season his team is going. You guys are, like, being picked to go to the Super Bowl, and you just kind of threw all of that away for something that you could have easily just turned around and walked away from. And now it's just bad decision-making, man. Like, life can sometimes come down to just these these moments where we don't really see the big picture because we're in the moment, but just these decisions that you make every day that might seem minute in the moment can play... A, a big part like you walking away from something and you engaging in something can be the difference so Absolutely. just yeah shout out kareem hunt like you gotta you just ah you have to be better man like you just right and it's someone like, of it's that not, status just you got yeah you, you just you gotta move better you got you have to be more aware of your surroundings and like what's at stake and what's you just gotta walk away sometimes you just you just have to you just you just gotta walk away because to me it's like if you're expecting the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, if you're expecting any of these organizations to be the moral, you know, the to swing the hammer of justice, you're going to be disappointed. And when they do swing it, they never seem to swing it properly. So you're going to be disappointed. Um, if this video has existed for this long, like Kareem Hunt should be in jail or should have at least seen some sort of, you know, like, like we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk in a few weeks, probably in a few months. I'll probably be on this podcast at some point, and we're gonna talk Greg Hardy. And when we talk Greg Hardy, it's gonna be another kind of conversation like this, where it's like, you know, are are we do should we be disappointed in the legal system, or should we be disappointed in the organization, or should we be disappointed in everybody? So when these come up, there's always like that. There's that part of me that feels like 
businesses are businesses. They're going to do what they're going to do. But I expect the legal field, I expect the legal system to be better. Because if, if, if this video has existed, like, they could have subpoenaed, did they subpoena the hotel when they were doing this investigation? Was there an investigation? Like, I always, to me, because there was a police report filed. So, like, what happened between then and now? Did everybody just hope for this thing to boil over? Like, or not boil over, but calm down? I don't know. I, I, I always have a very torn opinion on there's culpability, there's blame on everybody, but who is the most responsible? I kind of always tend to go 50-50 on. So the NFL bad on you, but where did this happen again? Cleveland? Uh, where was he? At? I don't know if he was in Kansas. City. Okay. That I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hotel hotel staff bad on you and uh uh wh- whoever was in charge of this investigation bad on you. So we got a lot of we got a lot of bads, a lot of booze. To go yeah. around and got fingers fingers pointing and guys walk away it's really simple just walk away walk away go somewhere it's not you know and don't be one of those dicks who's like well, what if she's got a knife because like really she didn't have it she was no i'm saying she like looked drunk whenever whenever <laughs> she... this situation comes up you always hear the one yeah, dude yeah. who's like well, what if she's got a knife and you're stuck in the corner and there's no way to run it's like how often what how many situations Right. How many alleys have you been caught in with some random chick just trying to shank you? Like, and for what it's worth, and for what it's, and for what it's worth, if you get into a situation where a woman corners you with a knife, you made the first mistake because you clearly hooked up with some crazy. So, yeah, you know. yeah, you had bad judgment. Bad judgment all the way around. Yeah, but that's that's all all I got for parting shots and shoutouts. Look at this. We got some. We got some philosophy discussion. We got some MMA. We got Anna Cole's about to drop something amazing on us. I think I can feel it. Nah, nah. Now he's got nothing. Great. Uh, <laughs> yo, ha- uh, by the time y'all hear this, it'll probably be like the third or fourth day. But happy first day of Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. Oh yeah, happy Hanukkah. Hey. Um. What else? What else? Um. I don't know. It's Vasily Lomachenko fight week. So, you know, we're all blessed is, this week. It is. Is it? Oh. He's going he's gonna to be fighting on Saturday. Oh, Jose Pedraza. Good job, good, job, can, uh, good job promoting it, ESPN. He'll tangle somebody else in the Matrix. Making quiz. Jose Pedraza. So, maybe, you know, you can look forward to that. They got Teofino, uh, Te- Teofimo Lopez and uh, Isaac Dogba in the, the undercard. So, fun night. I feel like I did have a shot, but it, it kind of just went in one ear and out the other. I was like, I'm, am I angry enough to really dig through and try to find, you know. You're like me. You you remember it all week, and then when it's time to come, you get old, and you just forget who you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> be like me and be mad at everybody. Uh, shot, at, sh- uh, shot at Showtime for putting Travis Kaufman on pay-per-view. Forcing people to buy for uh, to, to, for the privilege to watch a man, uh, a pedophile and a rapist fight on she, uh, on pay per view. Yeah, he got beat. Yeah, yeah, he got knocked out by. Uh, he got stopped by um, Luis Ortiz. So, <clears throat> no, if I, if that was probably it, but it, it doesn't feel right. So, um, you know. So, you know, shouts to Vasily Lomachenko, because 
Yeah, just not nasty on Saturday. What a, what a subdued anti-cool. Fatigued anti cool. I mean, it, I guess it's been a crazy ass weekend, man. I've done things, and I'm not used to doing things. I'm used to just sitting here and watching fights. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were gonna say I've done things. I'm not proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that too. But... He's talking as he's like washing the blood off his hands. And like, what's going on? You need help? Do you want to talk about it? Is that why that police? <laughs> why that ambulance is going off? I don't want to say anything. About that, everybody... I, I have no idea what that was. It took the longest effing time to get down my street. So I, I cut my mic off and I was just like letting them pass it was just like did you just stop in front of my house for no reason oh, um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on getting through my last homework assignment then my last two days of work and then making it out to Cali in one piece to, to go visit go. my brother so. good things on the horizon I gotta find something to do while I'm out yep. there. I just, just, I just decided to go visit him for his birthday, but he has school, so like I'm just be in his apartment just chilling, fighting stoves. And we already uh, booked it. We already got, we already got the zone to, to stream it. <laughs> right? They're giving us sixty million dollars for the fight. Damn straight. There you go. No, no Reebok gear. We got our own. Uh, we, we got some apparel deal coming. Probably like Puma. <laughs> I mean, Puma got who, who did Puma get? They got Aiton. They got that other kid. They got the WNBA. Uh, they got to be a fight in Tim's. <laughs> I mean, we made the rules. We got the we got the contract. If you can, if you can pull off some footwork and some Tim's, that's <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, you know, I do have to represent the East Coast. There you go. That's that's how you do it. Uh, Joe, you got any uh any any shots or anybody you want to yell at? Oh, no, I thought this was like you can do the put over, or you can you can do the burial, or you can do the the knife. We could do either or, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't really have anybody to get mad at. I think I've gotten mad already. I think I'm the maddest of all of us, and. Uh, so first, actually, I want to thank is, is you guys, obviously, for having me on here. I always appreciate being on here. Um, you, you allow me the opportunity to rant and rave sometimes, and I appreciate that. I appreciate just the fact that we can review these cards sometimes, because it is very, 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 very frustrating after, like, a bad show or just a bad main event to kind of not have the outlet to start yelling at people. Because <laughs> you don't want to just be walking around your house yelling about MMA to people who don't give a shit. It's like, you know. You're harassing them. You can't <laughs> harass those people. Uh, I had a fun... I actually really enjoyed the end of conversation we had between Sensei and I, so I want to thank him for that. It's an important topic in society that we need to uh, we need to start answering questions on. We need to start talking more about serious shit and not get so caught up in madness. Um, uh, I guess parting shots to the, to the people who have already decided that the Cowboy Bebop remake is going to be bad. Give it at least see a trailer. Give it a chance. Draw your own opinions. Oh, I forgot. Don't be one of these mutants out here. Just you know. I just want to. I, I just want to know, like, well, one, what the budget is, and like, two, like, is it going to? Are they going to focus on the five episodes that actually have like a continual story arc? Oh. Are they going to? Are they going to do I've all never the weird seen shit? An episode. 
I've never seen an episode of Cowboy Bebop, so I can't tell you. Yeah. I just I just don't like bandwagons. I don't like I just wanna know who's I just wanna know who's playing Spike. Just get Steve Bloom to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I haven't seen one casting anything. I'm a little worried. Well, they'll go into production till like this next year, I think. Uh, ooh, I, speaking of speaking of bandwagons, I guess uh, finger wag and a big uh, f you to Bethesda. What you did to your fans is shameful, disgraceful. Mm. Uh, so not just the game, but just mm. the fact that you slap and you got something you want to say. You want to fight? No, I, I, I'm not. I, I heard about this. I, I I wasn't invested in it, but I know some other people who are not so happy. <laughs> basically, like, um, basically they sold like a, a, a collector's bundle for two hundred dollars, and they had promised a, they promised a canvas bag, and instead they sold them a nylon bag, and didn't <laughs> expect people to notice. And when people got mad, they gave them like a five dollar refund for in-game stuff, but everything in-game cost like five ninety-nine or more. So it was like it was like an incentive to buy extra things that you probably don't want for a game that's not good. So uh, finger wag on them. And uh, uh, is there anything? Did anything good happen this week? Is a pretty sad way to put it. But did anything good happen this week? Um. Just a bit, uh... I love Zizibla. Heard, heard, heard a lot of good things about Creed too. Haven't seen it yet. But. I told Anacle he had to yeah. see it and review it, and he turned it down. As a, I haven't seen. Like, I don't want to have to sit through seven Rocky movies. I'm sorry. I haven't seen any of them. I still have aspirations to watch Creed one, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't made it around yet. But I, I do oh. want to see it. I heard. I've heard a lot of good things. If I can plug something, well, I can't plug it. I've never played it, but uh, apparently there is. If you're a guy who doesn't like the UFC games or you like computer games and you don't want to, you want to do something else. There is apparently a, a MMA game coming out where you kind of run your own camp, like your own fight camp, your fight your fight gym. So I'll keep an eye out on that. I'll link it when I get a chance. It looks interesting, but I'm not paying thirty dollars for it. So because uh, it's early access, but if you're that kind of person who likes fight fight games. You might have something coming your way, uh, and that's it. Um, whew, good. Was there anything really good happened this week? Oh, prayers to Alaska. Good. Uh, I hope everybody there is. Uh, you know, I know. Oh, yeah. I know Ooh. some people there who have been. They've had some house damage, but you know they were lucky. So if you're somebody from Alaska listening in, um, I hope everything's okay with you. My best thoughts are with you. Yeah. Right. Those that terrifies me. Like or, that is like the scariest thing I think I could ever experience. I felt an aftershock and I was ready for the world. I thought it was all over, and that only lasted like three seconds. I couldn't even imagine. Couldn't imagine. Um. Yeah, that's uh pretty much it for today. Um, if you guys lasted this long, I appreciate you. <laughs> I know they always last. Probably well over. <laughs> it was well over three hours. But I mean, we had we had a lot to cover. Like this, there was no way around this being a long podcast. Yeah, it you was, know what? There like, was too much to yeah. cover. We didn't bullshit this episode. Yeah, yeah, we got we covered a lot in in, in this in this time. So, uh, thank you guys for listening, man. Um, as always, you can check us out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit up the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. 
buy my book, The Oddball Chronicles, for 99 cents. Support me. Help me pay bills. Cowards. And give me ratings on Amazon. That makes me feel good. That's right. Um, but thank you guys for listening, man. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.